is over, Megatron! On the contrary, Optimus Prime, I still have a trump card to play! One shall stand, one shall fall. Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Lee McAlpin. And I am Dave Cook, and this is the One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall podcast. This is a Transformers TCG podcast that covers everything you need to know about the Transformers TCG. Unfortunately, the game is no longer being made by Wizards. But the community and the fans of this terrific game have picked up the reins and have kept the game growing and the game is in a fantastic place right now like never before. On these podcasts, we cover news in the Transformers TCG community, interview players and content creators, we cover community tournaments in and around the world of the TCG, and we also review fan-created sets for the game. So, with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. What's up guys and welcome to episode 28 of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, the one and only... That's right, Transformers TCG podcast on the airwaves via the audio medium and the YouTube media and video audio. Man, we're all over the place. It's been a while. And it's been a while since I first saw you. Let's just be honest, we took a break. If you didn't know, uh, Dave and me are a part of a really awesome group called the Turbo Revving Old Punks. We created that set. We took a little bit of breath. It was well received in the community. So guys, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for that. A lot of people have given us a lot of praise for that. So we thank you for that. Uh, so look out for more stuff in the future for that. But on this episode, we have something a little bit special. Like... We could also say this has been coming and in the works for a very long time as well. And I think I think the best thing to say to Dave and me is shame. 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 Because we've got a back catalogue of people all the time who want to be on our podcast, but we're finally getting around to talking to everyone. And I feel like this episode is going to be an absolute banger. I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this. So, uh, on this podcast with me is my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend behind the Energon Hustlers, Dave Cook. How are you doing, Dave? Hello, mate. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's It, it has been a while. Um, yeah, it seems weird because I didn't do anything Transformers related pretty much for an entire month, and that is unusual for me. So, yeah, it's been really nice. Um, went to my family, um, picked up a new board game or kind of board slash dice game, and yeah, just just hung out, saw family, chilled, enjoyed some time with the family and stuff. So it was, it was good. Yeah, we're we're rejuvenated. I think we've had uh, way too much energy on, so we're back and we're fully powered. And like this base is now to quote like Emperor Palpatine, fully operational. Like we're so ready. Like we're ready to go. And uh, we have a special guest this episode. Um, we have Caleb, a.k.a. Legendary, from the Transformers community, who is going to be joining us on this podcast. And boy, we, we've got... So, we're bombarding him with all the projects he's been working on, what he's been doing, who he is, and all that jazz. So I want to just say, Caleb, thank you very much for coming on this podcast, mate. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. It is, it's been a long time coming because I know you've been wanting to be on a show and we've said, yeah, we joined the queue and the <laughs> queue has been long. I'm not going to lie. We love our queues here in England, don't we, Dave? We do. Uh, and um, yeah, we've uh, we finally got around to you, which is amazing because some of the stuff you've created, Caleb, is very exciting. And if people don't know about any of it, holy cow, you guys are in for a treat. There are some really awesome stuff that Caleb has created that we're going to delve into in this podcast so you know sit back grab a cold one or a non-alcoholic beverage if you're young and uh, just sit back and relax and we're going to talk everything transformers tcg because yeah it's been a while and we're back here at one shall stand one shall fall so um caleb without further ado do you want to do a little bit of a, a mini introduction to yourself because everyone knows i know you but but really the question is who are you So I have, I started a YouTube channel for, uh, it started as Pokemon Go stuff, but eventually I found the Transformers trading card game and uh, started making content on that. Uh, it was, it was pretty fun. I had a lot of good times making deck techs, uh, recording battles at my local league. Uh, and eventually, uh, you know, I kept playing the game, uh, went to the Energon Invitational, met some people who actually knew who I was and that was honestly probably one of the coolest things uh ever that's ever happened to me because that was i don't know it was, it was just awesome but uh i have been playing the game since i believe the metroplex set came out um because i remember seeing that around christmas time was like that looks so cool i gotta get it and uh so i got it and have been playing ever since uh out of my first pack i pulled a cosmo so you know he's got a special uh, special place in my heart um but yeah, uh, even after the game ended, uh, officially at least, uh, I, I still play the game. Um, I decided that I wanted to make my own cards, so I started uh, what I called Wave X, which in the beginning that was a placeholder. I was going to change the name of it, but I kind of started to like it, so it just stuck. Uh, and then I, I made Wave X. Uh, I think I finished it in November, December of 20... Uh, whenever the game ended, I don't remember. Uh, I finished it in a couple months, and then I started making uh, a mini set as a follow-up called Rules of Disengagement, which is a focus on the uh, Decepticon Justice Division, the DJD, uh, and commissioned a little bit of art for that. And then uh, now we are... uh, My most recent... uh, My most recent project was the Galactic Odyssey, which was a... uh, little bit of a riff on the Planish Chase format from Magic the Gathering, uh, in that you play it in the Primus format, which is the four-player format for Transformers, and uh, it's got locations uh, that affect everyone on the board and circumstances, and it just makes uh, the four-player Primus way more chaotic and interesting, and I, I think it was a, a pretty cool idea. I made the whole templates and everything for it, so it ended up uh, coming out really, really good, and uh, it got more support than I thought it would whenever I released it. And uh, yeah, here we are today. I'm currently working on a Shattered Glass set uh, that is currently in the works. It's been in the works for a while, but, you know, life gets in the way. But yeah, that's me. Awesome. Now, in the last episode, if you haven't realized, guys, we had a spoiler from uh, the lovely guys over at the Ark for, for their Wave 2. And I think we should drop a spoiler here. Caleb, have you got something for us? Because obviously... If people don't know what Shattered Glass is, like, I'm still not 100% like knowing what it's all about. Can you do a little bit of a, an introduction to what Shattered Glass is, and then let's talk about the, the cards that you're going to spoil on this cast for us? All right, so 
Shatterglass is a alternate universe to the regular Transformers one in that the Decepticons are actually the good guys and uh, the Autobots are, are the evil uh, antagonistic group. Uh, in that universe, Megatron is the heroic leader of the Decepticons and Optimus is the insane tyrant of the Autobots. And uh, it's pretty much just everyone has reversed personalities and, you know, it, it's super weird seeing a loyal Starscream of all things. Uh, but speaking of Starscream, uh, that is the spoiler. Awesome. We'll have a look at Shatterglass Starscream from uh, my Shatterglass set. Because on the screen right now, we've got the alt mode and the bot mode. So let's uh, let's go through through them and then your whole design co concept behind them, uh, Caleb. So in regular Transformers, uh, Starscream was a scientist at first before he joined up with uh, Megatron and ended up uh, fighting on the front of the war with him. Uh, in this, in Shatterglass, he stays a scientist pretty much and he because he's you know loyal and stuff he uh he makes weapons for megatron and all kinds of stuff but uh the best way i could get that across on a card is i wanted to make the superior upgrades better so this starscream is my uh my means to that end uh so he is a leader plane ranged in alt mode he's a 414 2 for nine stars uh, and before the game begins you get to add a superior upgrade uh, from your deck to your hand and that's all he does in the alt mode but the the bot mode is where he gets real juicy because uh, he can't have upgrades scrapped from him uh, by opponents cards so as soon as you get those superior upgrades on them he they're staying there unless they play a disarm so he's kinda he's kinda good <laughs> Uh, he's leader ranged in bot, he's 514-1, and gets uh, focus 1 built in in addition to the ability to keep his upgrades, so uh, he's a very, very powerful character. Oh man, I'm... D Dave, I'm going to let you speak, I've been doing all the talking so far on this cast. Um, Dave, your thoughts uh, first, because I've got mine, I'm so excited, but I'll let you go first bro, because uh, I've been doing way too much talking. <laughs> yeah, like, I think anything that can push the superior cards into a more playable light is a really good thing. Um, I think they were always a bit rubbish when I've got to play tech research and I've got to, the, the stars had to align in just the right orientation for you to get things to work. And then, um, as Caleb's already alluded to with, with the bot side, like then there's someone just go, oh, I'll just bashing shield your <laughs> superior plating. You'd be like, <laughs> and, and like quite it, like the amount of effort you put into those upgrades um the reward just wasn't there so like i kind of messed around with jet fire from wave one a bit when i first started playing i was like oh, i want to try and make these work and like yeah it kind of did but they they all seem seemed effort but i know there's a card isn't there in bayformer's world strike is it under base fragment yes that helps you out with superiors as well. So I can see this guy um, sliding into sort of builds using underbase fragment as well. And maybe even wave one jet fire, because that's 19 stars. You've still got six stars left for some other spice. Um, for me, I really love how you've done the cardboard. I really like the, the, the broken glass effect. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really, really cool. Um, so Shattered Glass to me is, again, it's not something I was really aware of until I started playing the TCG and started talking to other members of the community. So for me, it's exciting exploring a, a, a what-if. It's almost like Disney Plus's <laughs> what-if for Marvel, but it's Transformers. Exactly. And I, I like that. I think anything anything that can just change the dynamic of characters and how we perceive them and stuff and how we know them is cool. So yeah, man, like 
I'm excited to see what else comes down the line. You know, not not having your stuff scrapped is dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I think like you say, he's strong. Um, there are cards within the community and within Wizards though that can deal with stuff like that. You know, we printed right. Impetuous Stand in Turbo Revving Old Punk's Phase One specifically for this kind of scenario like upgrades that are very resilient or or hard to deal with like you know triplate from the arc and stuff like that and it just shunts upgrades to the bottom of the deck so like there are answers within the community so i think cards like this provided they use sparingly are absolutely fine i i love it like the first thing that came to my head when i saw this character's upgrades can't be scrapped by your opponent's cards i was like i want to run him with green light Mm -hmm. And then I was like, does anyone remember who Greenlight is? <laughs> and immediately, I just love it because I, I really like the theme. And, and it's so cool to have, like, go back into that backstory because everyone kind of forgets if you don't read the lore and stuff like that. Starscream at one point was a scientist with Jetfire. Like, they were best buds. And then obviously that got rifted. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, that be his title like the content scientist i absolutely love it I, I i think david david's pretty much like said exactly what i like i love the shattered glass on the top of the card i think that just looks legit it looks really really cool Thank you. such a unique take on it and it's so cool to have that kind of de design aspect on something because like I think when it comes to like fan created cards and stuff like that, you're always like, hmm, how can I make my set stand out a little bit? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Shatter glass. How can I translate that over to like, you know, the artwork and that like just the little bit of like cracking on the top of the card is just lush. I think it's a really nice touch, Caleb. I really, really like it, bro. So we've we've got another card, right? Am I, am, am I right in saying that? Or am I, like, being rude, asking for more stuff? Oh, no, we do <laughs> we do have a uh, stratagem for Starscream here. And it's okay. called it's called New Discoveries. Um, and it just accelerates the superior upgrades even further. Uh, because once per game, when you flip him to bot mode, you get to play a card with superior in its name from your scrap pile. And then you flip the stratagem. Uh, so, already, with that, if you play a tech research, you can... Uh, play the superior upgrade you got at the beginning of the game onto Starscream, and then you flip them to bot mode, and then you can play another one with new discovery since you've already played attack research this turn, and you've played two superior upgrades this turn. So uh, he can, he can get the full whammy. Yeah, he can get it all going. <laughs> yep. And then uh, whenever the stratagem flips, it gives him a plus one attack and plus one defense boost, so he just gets even stronger. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. I think I think that's the one thing we had as as our in our set was like bring some old cards to the forefront. Can anyone remember the last time they played any of the superior things other exactly. than possibly plating when you did tanks? Because that was like a cheat kind of thing, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. like you could yeah. place superior plating. Like I think at one point I did run superior cannon just because the artwork. Like, come on, RC with like a cannon the size of Uganda. Like, who doesn't? Yeah. Want, you know, <laughs> that artwork is sick. So like, now it's like, right, this is just gonna be too much fun. And man, it's it's really cool. Like going back through the binder now, and just obviously on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, we've got all the superiors up there on the screen. But it's impressive to see some cards that are gonna probably be brought to the forefront if you run the star screen, which is in uh, like amazing card design and i guess that was the whole theme behind it right caleb yes and and uh, another little spoiler there's going to be more superior upgrades in the shattered glass set 
Nice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nice. I I really liked how how they you know they they were, but they were just so much effort. So like again, I'm just repeating, but anything that makes them more playable and and gives us some new stuff as well. So make tech research more valuable. Um, you know. I think it's cool, man. Like, I'm really excited to see where the rest of the set's going. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have an estimated release date, or is it still a very much a work in progress? Uh, it's 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 very close to completion. Uh, it's just, you know, life gets in the way. I've been working on this for so long, and I only have a couple cards left to test, but, you know, life. <laughs> but life. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Like, particularly since we delved into content creation and card creation this year, like, um, it, you, you kind of appreciate just how much goes into it particularly when you know when we're, we're not games designers this isn't our job you know we're doing this on on the side you know as well as you know doing work family and all, all that sort of mm -hmm. malarkey it's it is a big thing designing sets and, and getting them to a playable state as well exactly. where they're not like horrific um so yeah no, i i cannot wait um i'm really excited to see more so yeah, thank you, thank you so much for for spoiling that and not making our listeners wait nearly three hours. My yeah, pleasure. but the, the wait was <laughs> worth it for Defense or But like, come on, let's get the let's get the spoilers out of the way to begin with. It'd be good fun. Absolutely. But so 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 with the sh shattered glass, then obviously on the cards we can see there's going to be ten stratagems or something like that. How many characters are we looking at then, Kev? Is it quite a quite a big set or is it kind of like a nice small bite-sized set? So. Originally, the set was going to be pretty small. Uh, I wanted it to be like 20 characters big, but then I just kept looking more and more into the Shatterglass lore, and I was like, oh, I want to do this character, I want to do this character, and now there's 33 characters in it. Uh. <laughs> That's cool, though. Like, it, it's good to have, like, a big drop, and, you know, like, it's 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 almost like, um, you know, when Wizards drop a wave, and you're like, oh, there's loads of new combinations we can try, loads of stuff that didn't work before but it's going to work now and stuff like that so i think it's really cool to to drop you know the arc dropped a big set bayform has dropped a mammoth set you know i think it's cool like big sets people like big sets because there's a lot to digest and explore um you know we were very conservative with our first set we just did like very very bite size um but we're going to be doing bigger for phase two for definite yeah it's it's quite interesting because i think like it's nice to have like a small set like and just test the waters but then obviously you can expand 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 but i guess it's going to be like a split down the middle right caleb you've got x amount of autobots and x amount of decepticons i'm assuming i think there's slightly more decepticons but like one or two ah uh, gotcha awesome because it's so weird like the roles are reversed like it is like what dave says like a what if scenario like i'm still thinking like yeah, I get to kick in Prime and not feel bad about it because he is a douchebag, so that's fine. <laughs> like, I'm 100% grateful for that set. Like, I think all of us uh, who have played the TCG was like, Megatron never got his just desserts and Prime always got a good card. So now we can kick the crap out of Prime and not feel bad about it. You know, it's great. I think that's one of the things I loved about the IDW storyline as well was like Me Megatron's redemption. Um, like sort of like certainly later on in the story, like it's so good. And, and there is so much depth in Transformers storylines as well. You think, you look at how much lore there is. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blown away by just how much there is to digest. You know, I, I came back into Transformers late and then I'm just discovering all this. Because I kind of like, after Michael Bay ruined it for me <clears throat> in the early 2000s, I was like, um, right, okay, well, I'm just not going to bother anymore. And then I saw the cards and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like, I've discovered this amazing 
depth to the Transformers universe, which is, you know, fantastic. So it's great that you're exploring that. One thing I want to ask you, actually, Caleb, is like, you know, with, with Wave X and, and your other, other sets, like, are, are you just the sole designer or do you have a team of people um, that help you design or, or, or play test what, you know, what's the, the jam there? It's, it's pretty much just been me. Because uh, my, my entire local playgroup completely disbanded after the game ended. Um, so I haven't had anyone here to play with. Uh, I pretty much did most of the Wave X testing as Solitaire. Um, I had a little bit of help from, uh, I want to say, Richard Wyatt and some of the other ATP guys uh, early during testing. Um, but it pretty much was just me coming up with the ideas and stuff. If someone else did, I'm pretty sure I credited them at the bottom of the cards. But it was only like maybe four or five of them that actually weren't designed by me. That's a, that's a mammoth task as well, like designing something on your own. Like, I remember doing something when we were doing phase one, like, it, it's hard, like, coming mm-hmm. up with ideas and making them new and ex- interesting and exciting. But I think there's some really, really interesting stuff uh, across everything you've done. Like, I, and I really like sort of the uniqueness that that some of the, the cards have. Like, you know, we'll look at them a little bit more in detail later, particularly um, your DJD set <laughs> is you know really awesome and the, and the fact that you had to get art commission because art just didn't exist um or or decent you know usable art um that would sort of like pass a standard sort of thing so um yeah so that's fantastic um so recently one of the things i wanted to talk about tonight um was obviously you're involved you've just said that your local player base is disbanded but i know because we've been talking on and off for the last few months, um, that you've you've moved like a lot of us have had to, because my local player base is literally down to about three or four guys now that actively play. Um, we've all moved online, haven't we? We're doing webcams and stuff. And one of the things that happened recently was uh, Adam from Bayformers did the Encounter 4 tournament, which you made the final. So big, big claps around, cheers, yay! How have you found that transition to webcam play? So, I didn't have a very good camera for a long time. I had to use my phone on a trombone slide over a table. Yes, I was going to bring that up. (laughs) I was going to bring that up because I remember ages ago, we had a game of Primus, and I believe, Caleb, you showed me your setup, and I I couldn't stop laughing for 10 minutes before everyone picked on me because I was the only foreigner in that group. All you Yanks picked on the Brit. (laughs) <laughs> but it was so funny. So I was like, I think it was Caleb, but mate, sorry for yeah. interrupting, but that was amazing. Like literally the best thing ever. <laughs> I, I literally would take my Energon cube and a bunch of Pokemon tins and then put a put a trombone slide over it, use a red alert in a sleeve on the trombone slide to hold my phone over it, and then use my laptop on a second account so that I could see what everyone else was doing. It was so jank. It was amazing. And I, I finally bought a webcam a couple months ago, and uh, that's been a big help because <laughs> I don't have to set that up every time. <laughs> oh, 100%. I, I did, to be fair, I didn't do the the the, the, the trombone slide, but I, I had a very similar setup. I'd like, you know, I'd have a little stack of like, uh, like you know, Nessa tables, and I'd stack them on top of each other, and I had a little, little cheapy tripod and that. And, and, and I was like, oh, this is just hassle, like doing the two account mm-hmm. thing and all that. And then, like, I have to say, for those people that are thinking of, like, continuing to play online, buy a decent webcam. I've got one for my birthday this year off, off Claire. Um, it has made life so much easier for webcam play. It's, it's an infinite 
um, improvement and they're not too dear really like you can get a good one for like you know 60 to 70 pounds uk so that's probably about what 90 hundred dollars so that's like it sounds like a lot of money but like the the investment is is there you know and i bought a decent tripod not only just for for webcam games but also for my channel and i think you get you get a better experience don't you rather than having that potential feedback issues or like um you know, your phone vibrating when you get a message and falling off the top of the slide. <laughs> yeah, like or, or you move your hand too high and knock over the slide and everything falls off the table and you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so so with 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 um, Encounter 4, obviously you had a really good run and you made top eight and you went all the way to the final to, to unfortunately lose to the dreaded Sky Shadow. Naturally, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, how how did you find the event? Because because when I was playing in it, um, apart from the, the game where I dropped because I didn't want to play against Sky Shadow because I don't think that that this is personal opinion. I'm not taking anything away from anyone that played Sky Shadow in the event, but for me, it's not a very fun experience. Oh, I I, I agree. You know, it actually uh, one of our guys said he doesn't want to enter another encounter because of that experience. Now, I don't think that's a good thing um, because Sky Shadow is, what is he, Lee? He's very d Well, I got a sense of myself, but I can't say that word. So he's dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. It's, it's the worst thing about it is, is like, we can't take away obviously the gentleman who won it. So I don't want to like bad mouth him on a podcast cause that's just not right. Congrats for winning the tournament. But obviously, you know, Sky Shadow, it's it's like whenever you play any competitive card game or any kind of scene, there is a deck that will just be played over and over again and you would see it out there and you, you will come across it and sometimes it will give you a negative experience like Sky Shadow has. And I think even you have said it on this cast as well, Dave, and I've said it multiple times how much we don't like him. You you, you dismembered that deck and have not rebuilt it since. No, I think he got re got rebuilt for a Tournament Tuesday episode and then he proved to still be dumb. So we, we, we he just stays in, it stays in the box. He's naughty. Um, <laughs> but for me, aside from that, you know, and like I say, nothing taken away from, from the man who won. Like, well done. You made it all the way through the final and you played a good game. Um... But for me, the, the diversity in the non-Sky Shadow decks was amazing. Like, there were so many different archetypes. You didn't know what you were going to go up against in the early rounds. Um, you know, how did you find that? Did you think people on the whole embraced the, the cross-play um, sort of bonanza, as it were, Caleb? Uh, what's funny is in two of my games before the top eight, I played against both Sky Shadows in the tournament. Um, mind you, the one that I fought against in the finals... I beat before top eight, and then I ended up losing to him in the finals, which was, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I, I watched I, I watched it the next morning. I watched the match. I was like, no. <laughs> and then uh, the other one I, I lost to was my only loss before top eight. It was the Sky Shadow Perceptor deck. Um, but everything else that I played against, uh, I think I played, I can't even remember some of the decks that I played against, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of diversity. 
Um, and I'm, I'm very happy that it wasn't just only sky shadows. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it great. Was, yeah. You know, we had major shockwave. We had a uh, military pro- patrol from the arc. We had, yeah. there were two military patrol decks, I think. Yeah, there were, yeah, there was the, there was, um, Hawk hammers locking down the military. And then we had Sandman, who's a fellow, um, UK player who piloted, uh, five wide. Um, the decks were on Teletran listeners, viewers, um, Go, go and check them out. So some some real diversity in there. Um, King Naga had a really cool deck. Did you play against that in the top eight? Yeah, I, I played against it in the top four match. Yeah, because that I we, we did a rerun of that for the channel, um, which is coming out a week Tuesday, and that was an insanely fun deck. That was a really tense matchup. But we've talked about the other decks. What did you play? Because it was awesome. So... I unintentionally made an underwater theme deck. Uh, my my team was Arc Skybite and his strat uh, Predacon Fortitude, Crash Bash and Briscoe from uh, BFA, and uh, Arc Gnaw. Um, the goal of the deck was pretty much just to flip Gnaw a bunch of times, grab opportune offensives, and then swing with Crash Bash and Skybite for ridiculous numbers. And it worked. It, it, it worked enough. <laughs> it is a really good deck. Like, Skybite is definitely one of the A-tier cards out to come out of Art Wave 1 for, from a competitive perspective. Like, his, his ability to munch three cards off his deck and then all of a sudden go to, like, 18 health and four defense right. is insane in, in alt. Um... Because you had like loads of really, really cool cross-play stuff going on as well. Because obviously you had Crash Bash and then you had Gnaw as well. So all of your characters were custom. Yes. Other than Briscoe. Um, which was, yeah, other than Briscoe, which obviously you have to have a head. So like, why why would you not have a health head? Because they're just redonkulous. Um, but you also had a, an arc card in the sideboard, didn't you? An arc character that you'd side in. And I watched you use him to good effect in some of your matches. Yes. Uh, my sideboard character was Arc Blastoff. Uh, and that was straight up the only reason I even had that in the sideboard was so if I ever played against Perceptor I could just keep pinging him for two until he died and that's exactly what I did but unfortunately it wasn't enough in the one game I played against Perceptor but it it did a lot of work uh, in other matchups like whenever I played against Sandman's uh, five wide military patrol I was just I had bomb shock on like six uh, six damage on him uh, just from being yeah, I, I watched that match. Yeah, that was insane. That was insane. I was just like, I'll just flip this guy. And because he's a specialist as well, like you were using um, Assault Formation, yeah. weren't you, from the arc? The Assault Formation did work. <laughs> I think that was definitely one of the top played cards in the event. Yes, it had 13, I think. Yeah, it was definitely well well, well um, represented in the tables. Um so yeah, how, how did you find the event overall? Like, you know, like your opponents and stuff? Because I think a lot of people are kind of like on the, on when it comes to online play, there's that kind of like nervousness, isn't there? And we touched on this in a previous podcast with, with Christian, but like everyone I played was lovely. Yeah, I, I didn't have a, any issues at all. And everyone I played against was, they were, you know, <laughs> they were nice people. Uh, I've only ever had issues with webcam game once. And, uh, that was like worst case scenario sort of thing, but um, I think I've never had an issue in a Bay Four Formers tournament. I will say that. Yeah, like because they've got more coming up, and they've got uh, Break This coming up, and um, Encounter Fives coming up as well. So I'm I'm definitely going to that, and I hope Lee, you are 
because it's turbo revving old punks legal, so you better be. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that's that's peer pressure, and you put me on a podcast, mate. So um, <laughs> I've I've got to say, I've got to say, maybe I've got to talk to Adam about like, am I allowed to run this if these cards are like banned or not? I don't know. So I need to talk to him. And also, I seem to always fail when it comes to online and sorting out. Like, oh yeah, I'll be there, and then I've got to like create this account and do this and do that. And I'm like, I have too many freaking passwords. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And plus, my Mac is like getting old now. It doesn't even run certain things. You know, I'm just making up excuses on a podcast. So I'm just gonna just sit quietly in the corner. But I'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is cool because I feel like that's the one thing we did touch on with Christian ages ago, which is a great cast. If you want to go listen to that, guys, is when you are doing these online tournaments the funniest thing is you all have a one thing in common which is transformers but like talking to christian outside of the podcast and others who do in the tournaments like they've continued to play with people they've like met on these tournaments and then also be a part of other groups that then expand their player base as well and it just seems to be there's such a cool online premise for this game like obviously it's kind of hit or miss when it comes to your locals obviously caleb's they all left and basically left him alone in a saloon in the middle of nowhere like very very western-esque uh, you know he's just sitting there with a whiskey just like i'm still playing transformers how dare you <laughs> um everyone else is like just rode off into the sunset to do other things um but yeah there's such a great online presence and i think that's this the one game this does really really well uh and it's really fun that you can be a part of a tournament and then go like, so where are you from? Oh, I'm from this country. I'm from this part of the States and or this part of the world. And it's kind of fun that you make friends through this kind of format, which this definitely has evolved over the times, especially with obviously COVID and all that jazz. Right. So congratulations, Caleb. Thank Good you. job on, uh, on doing so well in Counter 4. Uh, people beware of this gentleman now <laughs> that he is going to come for a lot more scalps in some uh, future tournaments. Um, but before we get into something that Dave and me absolutely love, we are going to drop a little bit of an atom bomb here, guys. Here's a teaser for something coming out in a month or so from us, the Turbo Revving Old Punks. Coming this October is a small set from the Turbo Revving Old Punks. A set of Halloween-themed cards. Sure to put the word of fight into fright. This set will be dropping on Halloween. Collaborating with the Bayformers and other creators in our amazing Transformers TCG community. So keep an eye out on the Turbo Revving Old Punks Facebook page. And for spoiler videos coming very, very soon. So yeah, there you go. We've got that, guys. That's dropping. A pet project. And hilariously enough, didn't we say we would never do characters, Dave? Yeah, that, that lasted for about a month. It literally lasted... Well, it, we. this is why you shouldn't talk about bagels on a podcast as well. We sat around a table, had too many bagels, too many ba junk food, and immediately went, let's just make some characters then. Because not, not like our, uh, our ninja should we say, uh, got a lot of uh, love. So we were like, oh, we've got to just do more, haven't we? And that's what we're doing. We're doing a cool Halloween theme set. Hopefully you guys will love it. There's some really fun characters in there as well, isn't there, Dave? It's it's really, really cool. It's starting to shape up. You know, the ca characters are pretty much... Um, that We've settled on the characters we're doing, but they're changing like so rapidly with, with playtesting. We're in full swing at the moment. So we're fine-tuning and stuff like that. So yeah, I, like 
keep your eyes on the Facebook pages and obviously this podcast and our channels and we'll be showing some more of them when they're nearer to completion. Um, and I think we'd like to bring in more people to playtest as well. So if you're interested in playtest, Caleb as well, if you're interested in coming and playing with some of our cards. Um, Absolutely. We'd love you to be on board as well, man. Like we've got some cool stuff. We have some monsters, don't we, Lee? We, we, we do. We do. I'm like, I'm excited for our set, but I know the stuff that we're like testing beyond this set has also got me like giddy as a schoolgirl. Like literally it has. I've been like, I don't think we could do this. And then like some person would say, well, we could do it this way. And you're just like, yep, I guess we're doing that then. Like enough. Tick the marker, tick the check or whatever. Like, yep, that's on. We're going to sort that out. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's it, isn't it? Like, we ha we've had a hiatus from, like, I certainly had a hiatus from making content and stuff. But, like, there's always stuff going on. And I think it's the same for Caleb. Like, he's always got something doing. Right. I think once you start doing this, you like, I want to do more. I must <laughs> do more. Um, and, you know, obviously widening our, our sort of acquaintances and becoming friends with people across the world, you start to bounce ideas off a lot of people. And obviously I know that you do that very much with the Bayformers crowd. Yes. And that's what it's all about. That's like sharing ideas and making, keeping the game alive and making cards that people want to have fun and play with. 100% true. Speaking of fun, this next project. Guys, if you haven't downloaded this, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Well, I'm just saying right now, this this mode, am I dare I say this, Dave? This is up there with Unicron for both of us, right? I think this mode we're about to talk about is absolutely fantastic. Aiden loves it. Like Aiden, oh, like, do you want to play Unicron or do you want to play Galactic Odyssey? It's like Galactic Odyssey. So if you haven't downloaded it, peeps, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> We have to. That's two Star Wars references in like the first part of this podcast. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So, Galactic Odyssey, an absolute. Well, let's just say it's a banging set, guys. I'm trying to keep as many British words as possible uh, with our cast. Like, it's it, an absolute belter. It's bloody good. It's ruddy good. You know, it's 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 amazing. Like it really is. So, so Caleb, if if uh, you want to do a little introduction to it. Um, uh, and give us uh, a little bit of a description of it uh, before Dave and me explode and just tell everyone about it. Just just cut us off right. and just tell us what it's all about. All right, so the, the Galactic Odyssey is based on the Magic the Gathering plane chase uh, format, which is uh, mostly played in Commander. Uh, so you can mostly play it in uh, the Primus format for Transformers, which is the four-player format. Um, and the whole point of it is that you are traveling throughout the galaxy uh, visiting all these iconic places in the Transformers universe. Iacon, Kaon, uh, the Pits of Polyhex, the Chamber of Vector Sigma, all these amazing places and uh, while you're doing it you're getting bonuses and sometimes negative effects that are going to change and swing the tides of the game uh, for the better or for worse. Um, especially in the cases of the circumstances, which circumstances are one-time effects usually uh, that uh, can really hurt you or help you. Uh, for example, there's one called Betrayed, uh, and I think what it does is you can either do three damage to one of your characters or do attack equal to one of your characters equal to the attack of another character. So I guess whichever one's better for you. Uh, but the idea is just to spice up the Primus game because in, in most Primus games, it's I don't want to say it's exactly slow and boring, 
but it, that's exactly what I'm saying. So it uh, <laughs> it just spices it up and makes it a lot more interesting for all players because there's so many things happening at uh, at once that it's never you're never gonna have a dull moment. I think that's it, isn't it? Is, you know, like coming from the magic side of things, obviously you've definitely taken Plane Chase as the inspiration for this. Like games of Commander can go long in magic and like plane chase was a really fun way of spicing that up and like making it a bit chaotic because um like it can like you can be sat there waiting for your turn like come on guys you know and obviously the same with transformers i've not played primus we've played this just with standard 25 star teams and i tell you guys you don't have to play primus to play glass exactly. you can just play with 25 star teams it it works a treat and it's really crazy you'd be like all of a sudden you're on the arc and everything's fine and you're i'm an autobot team so this is great for me and then someone will be like no i'm gonna open the space bridge and roll the the required it's effectively a, a five or a six uh, it's one or six yep what well, one or six yeah like here's a two and six chance so um they open the bridge and you'd be like aha now actually we're in <laughs> we're somewhere where you don't want to be the nemesis um it's really really cool like the artwork you've chosen for this as well man like is really spicy where, where did you get a lot of the artwork from uh i know some of it's from uh the war for cybertron video games like the concept art for it uh i think that's what the icon and Kaon arts are uh, a lot of it was just um scrolling through google and trying to find a bunch of stuff that i could use uh, I think my favorite has got to be the one, it's called Collision of Realities, um, and I got that one from a comic book while I was scrolling for for battle cards, and I just thought that fit it so perfectly, so there it is. Yeah, I've got it on my screen here now, and I'm sure Lee's brought it up on screen for you, it's like literally lots of different Cybertrons all coming together, like moons and stuff like that, it's really awesome. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think the format is fantastic, so... For those people that have not played Plane Chase, how do you play Galactic Odyssey? What what do you do each turn? Like, how do these these um, zones come into play? So for the first round of the game, uh, depending on you know what format you're playing in, uh, nothing happens. But at the start of the first player's second turn, uh, the first zone comes out, uh, and you'd basically just reveal that from the top of the deck and do any uh, when revealed effects. Um, and at any point during your turn. You can roll a six-sided die called the zone die, and if you roll a one or a six, you open the space bridge, which basically means you're removing the current zone from play and taking the top card of the zone deck and putting that one into play. Um, and like I said, there are circumstances which are typically one-time effects, uh, like betrayed and re re collision of realities, <laughs> uh, that uh, do different things. And uh, some zones affect specific factions, some zones specific. Uh, affect specific characters that have like the melee trait for example um, and you basically want to make sure that you have a zone that benefits you uh, at all times so you'll want to get rid of the ones that help your opponent while also uh, digging through the zone deck for you know one that's going to benefit your team it's really cool like it's so fun like like one of my favorite zones is the great war on cybertron where you literally just spawn a bunch of autobot and decepticon drones and it's really really cool um you know there's one that spawns unicron as well isn't there caleb yeah that that zone has been the bane of a lot of people i've played with because in addition to spawning unicron it also gives everyone minus one health uh <laughs> you can see how that might uh throw off some things but that's what's cool about it because like in a sort of like one-on-one 25-star standard game, 
like the conditions are relatively controlled so apart from what your opponent's going to play in your deck or in their deck and what you're playing like like kind of it plays out in a very certain way you know you know what the rules of engagement are galactic odyssey just throws those rules of engagement out the window and all of a sudden you'd be like oh unicron's turned up and he's eating my planet and oh my guys are dead and you can you can get unicron on your side can't you if you can if you can defeat him he he will respawn um, with his revenge trigger and come back onto your side, then you can start hurting people with Unicron, which I think is funny. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just advertiser, hey, eat this planet, not mine. Come on, seriously, bro. Look at this. Like, it's got way more like I don't know water. Like, you need to hydrate. And like, be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> well, I think that's definitely something we can do when you when you do come down and visit. We'll we'll get uh, Matt out and we'll we'll do a we'll do a a full four player Galactic Odyssey game. The worst thing I feel when we eventually meet up because COVID's over, right? Um, is the fact is we're going to be like, cool, let's just hang out for a couple of hours and chill. And then we'll be like, so um, camera, 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 camera. Right, let's, uh, when are we going to record some stuff? Like, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, for, for, like, you know, we're joking about saying COVID's over. It's COVID not is over. definitely not over <laughs> yeah. in the UK. So listen, listeners, we're, we're, we're making fun of our, our glorious leader, Boris Johnson. Um, who, who who was like, yeah, we'll just lift all restrictions. But that's politics, and we're not going to go too much down that road. So COVID is still still very much a thing. So we've got to be careful here in the UK because, um, you know, the things and stuff. But um, moving back to Galactic Odyssey, one thing I really liked, Caleb, was that you put in the Quintesson spaceship, which is a real nod to what Bill Moo and, and the Bayformers yes. did. saying. I'm acknowledging this. So, like, I, I love how you're encouraging that cross-play within your casual set. I think it's fantastic. So another thing we did with those uh, those faction-specific ones is we, we added a little bit of text at the last second uh, that said, if this faction is not on the battlefield, uh, open the space bridge immediately because obviously it's not going to do anything if there's no Quintessons or, for the Ark's case, there's no Autobots on the field, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we wanted to make sure that the game doesn't just get stagnant and they get stuck on one zone and it doesn't do anything. Exactly, and I think that's cool. Um, ironically, when we played and we recorded, the the Quintesson spaceship turned up and Claire was in fact playing Quintessons, so that was really cool. Um, and I, I think I got wrecked by Animatron at the very end of the game because Animatron is whew. Matt Star Matt Star Matt's deck was horrible. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I just forgot about it. And I was like, oh, why? Why? And Windblade can defend for Toffee. But anyway. So, honestly, guys, download this. Um, print it out. You know, do it Blue Peter style for those UK viewers yep. that know what Blue Peter is. Um, print it. But Caleb's also done them with bleed areas as well, haven't you? Yes. Like you have for all your sets. So you can go to places like um, Make Playing Cards, who I use, and... I sent you the photographs, didn't I, Caleb? They do look amazing. They do, they, yes. They look the real deal. So, yeah, go play Galactic Odyssey. It's fantastic. And uh, I am currently working on a sequel to it, so there will be more zones released in the near future. Awesome. I feel, I feel like this is the one thing <laughs> when it comes to like creative content for Transformers is obviously when the game ended everyone was like we need to just make more content make more stuff do this do this do this and like immediately w the other modes that people created 
got me more interested in playing in a much larger format. Like, I love playing card games V1v1, but then when you turn up for, you know, three of you to play, you're going to always have that guy who's sitting out to watch, and I always feel bad for that person because, you know, they've either driven so far to come out and play mm -hmm. or they're giving up their time. So it was fun to see, like, this format the Unicron format, Primus. Like, it's cool to see all all the community just creating these extra modes that are like, we could you can either play this solo or you can have a ton of, like, your mates just play it at once. And it's a great introduction thing as well because obviously if you... Obviously, I'm assuming, Caleb, you've come from a magic background because it's basically plane chases, right? <laughs> uh, so. Actually, no. I, I only played magic for a couple months and that was just something I was exposed to, but... Yeah. Oh, okay, so you you did it. Magic did not get its claws into you. Good job. Well done for that. Man. <laughs> You're probably a richer man for that, oh, to be 100%. fair, because magic no, is not. You should have seen me guy. when the D and D set came out, though. I was like, I, I had Ooh, to buy that. I was going to say, I bet that got a lot of people back. I know a certain Canadian, I think, got a lot of that stuff as well. <laughs> that we know. Is that the second best car player in Canada? Yeah, because yeah? obviously the misses is obviously the number one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to our uh, moose loving friend up there. Um, mate, love love the 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 idea. Have have you thought like obviously you've you've just mentioned that you were gonna do Galactic Odyssey, you're gonna add more, you know, planets and locations to do it. Have you been like tinkering about trying anything else? Or has it just been like, I like this, this works, let's keep it simple, because obviously you're going you're moving on to your next thing, which is the shattered glass. Have you thought about any other kind of like you know, group stuff you can do, or has it just been like really project to project? You want to try something a little bit different. So what's funny about that is, I think last night, actually, uh, me and Hawk from the Bayformer server, we were testing out a new format uh, that we we thought would be pretty goofy. Uh, so it, it did ended up being really really fun, but I don't think we want to share the details of it quite yet. But yes, we are working on something interesting. Cool, uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's Hawk's yeah. a madman. I so think that's good. Like, yeah. Hawk is a madman. Mad we Hawk love you, but you are a madman. Um, just saying as well. Yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to the servant of the dice gods over there. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think these casual formats are where it really shines, and I think for a lot of people that like the lore of Transformers, they're more bothered about like the theme and the how playable this is with a group of friends than just maybe just how mechanically effective stuff is so i i love stuff like this it it ticks all the boxes i'm a filthy casual i know i am <laughs> um, but there are you know there's a lot of people out there and i think i think the people that have retained the, the, the not everybody obviously but there's a large percentage of players that have kept on playing purely because they love the law and the universe because um, there's plenty of other card games you can go and play that are still manufactured um, but for me I want to keep playing Transformers because of sets like Galactic Odyssey coming up. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's where like we love it because obviously we keep saying on this podcast we're filthy casuals, but I really think that's a great introduction to, to people, because I think when it comes to card games as well, some people can get quite intimidated by it. Because for for me personally, I can speak like when it comes to like creating decks and stuff, sometimes it can be really hard coming into like a new game like. How the heck does this work? How can that work? Especially if it's like your first ever game. But to have like these kind of modes where it's a little bit of fun, you just want to play with your mates. You can learn some fun mechanics, but also learn the basics at the same time, but have fun and include everyone is where it's at. A hundred percent. 
So yeah, Galactic Odyssey, download it. If you're not, you're dumb. Yeah, I thought that was a bit harsh. I can't call all our listeners dumb. <laughs> you just need to do it, okay? Seriously. I take it back. Just just do it. Do it. Just do, do it. it. Okay, do it. Like, do it. Do it. Do it now. Right. So, I could go on record and say I've wanted to see this next thing in the TCG for a while. And I think it's because there's two things that have stuck out to me in my rants on this podcast. One, who the hell is Broadside and what the heck does he do? And <laughs> the second one, how can you make the Decepticon Justice Division work, especially one that's a chair. <laughs> now, Caleb, obviously, uh, this is one thing you've worked on, and you've made me eat crow, bro. The chair works. I can't believe the chair actually is playable, guys. It's, like, it's literally, I just laugh and I'm like, mate, this is like IKEA furniture, but way more dangerous. Um, dude, how? Just, just how? How did how did this idea come about? Because obviously, the this this group are very I say fan favorites, uh, and they do a lot of horrible things. And obviously, when Wizards was around making this game, we were wondering would they do them? <laughs> because these guys are terrorists, effectively, <laughs> guys. Uh, and they have a list. And if you're on their naughty list, you're pretty much dead. Uh, so, how did it come about? Honestly, how how did all this uh, uh, the idea of doing the Decepticon Justice Division come about, Caleb? So, I think the first time I ever even heard of them, uh, I, I had watched a video on YouTube. It was like the basics on the Decepticon Justice Division, and as soon as I watched that video, I fell in love with the group, and I knew for a fact that I had seen art for Tarn somewhere. So I scrolled through all the Legends art. Uh, found as much of it as I could that I could use and was like, all right, I'm making this a mini set. Let's do it. And uh, that, yeah, that's when I knew I was going to make them. So I, I feel like we can't, should we do some comic book spoilers? Guys, I want to, I want a little bit of a, a feedback here. Should we talk about some of the stuff that these guys do? Oh, well, they are psychopaths. They <laughs> It is. They're, they're not like that whole story arc in it because I've I've read. You're now up to date, right? I don't want to ruin it for you, I, Dave. I, I I'm up to. I've read up to and including volume twelve of phase two, so I'm pretty. I'm waiting for the next compilation book to come out. So, um, I'm pretty up to date. I know what happens um, in the story. They are psychos. They are not nice Decepticons. They're almost like extremists i think that's fair to say oh 100 percent. like it's in uh tarn's sub name actually <laughs> yeah they are very very cool like it's a really small set i think we should do it justice okay uh, hey, hey, that's hey, what you did there. and let's look at let's look at all these characters i really really they are they are a fan favorite they're kind of like the decepticon fan favorites like you know where the Autobots have the wreckers the DG, DJD are like the Decepticon fan faves you know so let's have a look at them yeah so Caleb lead us out dude because it's your set who's the first character let's have a look at the uh the main piece Tarn uh so Tarn uh I had to commission the alt mode art for because you couldn't find his alt mode art from Legends anywhere in good quality so uh plus I think it came out fantastic I really, really like this art so much. 
Um, but yeah, he's a leader, Justice Division tank ranged. I, I made the Justice Division a little trait for him. And uh, the whole gimmick with the Justice Division is that all enemy Decepticons become mercenaries, in addition to being Decepticons, because in their eyes, no one is more loyal to the Decepticon cause than they are. And that means that they don't really see them as Decepticons. So they're going to uh, hunt them down. <laughs> Uh, so that's his gimmick. He has that ability in both uh, Bolt and Bot and Alt mode. Um, in Alt mode, he's a 4-14-3 for 10 stars. And when you flip to his Alt mode, your opponent scraps a card from their hand. And if they can't, uh, they choose one of the characters and do 2 damage to it. Uh, so he likes empty hands. And then for the uh, Bot mode, he's a little bit more juicy. He's a 6-14-1. And when he attacks it, the defender is a mercenary. You get to do damage to the defender equal to his... Uh, defense and if they're not a mercenary you just ping him for one when, the, when he attacks them uh, so the cool thing about him is if you get a composite armor on him in alt mode and then swing he's dealing four damage to them if they're a mercenary Whoa, that, that's grim <laughs> I feel like this is my character Dave I just feel like it's made for me <laughs> this is insane the thing is like it's Tarn he is nice. oh yeah dude there's only one person he that is kills nice. him, obviously, if you read the comics, boys. He's, he's white and he's badass as Tarn, but yeah, Tarn is nails, and this card... I'm just going to bleep myself. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> like, mate, Tarn is... Tarn's, yeah, fan favorite, and also he puts out one of our favorite Dinobots as well, just saying his all. Savage. He is savage. Who did you get to do the art? Because we should give them some kudos, because that alt mode art. Uh, it was it was Harvey Bunda. I thought it might be. Good old bait. This guy, this guy's just knocking artwork left, right, and center out the park. Because he did a lot of work for Wizards, didn't he? As well, a lot of his artwork made the Wizards game, and he did Gilthor for Adam True. Great. as well for Bayformers. So now he's nailed it. Yeah, he's terrifying. I, I really like the the little guy he's crushing in the alt mode with the one of the eyes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so that's Tarn. Shall we look at the chair next? We can look at the chair. I thought you've been banging on about this bloody well, chair. Let's, just, let's right, talk so about it. So first off, let's, let, I'm going to get on my soapbox <laughs> right here. Guys, if you don't know this, it's an electric chair. Okay? Like, there's things in the Transformers universe that transform to stupid things. Let's be honest. Preceptor is a microscope. Let's think about that for a brief second. How's that useful? I'd love to see a card with Soundwave as a lamppost. Yep, yeah, see, like, there's something, <laughs> some, of them, some of them are cassette players. Like, you're like, okay, all right, whatever, Lee, get off your soapbox. But this guy's a chair. You could get this from Ikea. Like, that's literally <laughs> how mad it is. But anyway, yes, that's me off my soapbox. Go on, go on then, uh, Caleb, explain, explain the electric death chair. So, Kaon, he, uh, he's a chair. So, how, how exactly is he going to attack? Well, I'll, I'll tell you how he's going to attack. Uh, he's not. He has zero attack. Uh, so whenever he does attack and you flip at least four battle cards So basically if he has bold two or you flip a white He's going to do damage to the defender equal to the number of justice divisions you begin the game with and then the battle ends uh, So he doesn't get to do any pierce damage if you do do that three damage because I think three is the most of uh, them You can have on one team uh, Yeah, he does three damage and then he ends the battle But if he don't then he's just gonna swing for not so which is cool. It's like You know how do you make a chair do something? And I think that's a really neat way of doing this. It. Like, come and sit in me, and I will fry your brain. 
Um, <laughs> he's really cool. He, like, he's he's a nice um, cost as well, isn't he? Like five stars. He's very cheap and cheerful, so you can get him with a couple of the bigger guys. Yep. Uh, and then in his bot mode, he's a little bit more uh, useful to the group in that he's a 3-10-1 instead of having zero attack. But uh, when one of your Justice Divisions attacks a mercenary, they get plus one attack. So uh, that's the whole gimmick of the team is that they're trying to attack mercenaries. Mm. Which enemy Decepticons are. So Yes. Yeah. Which is cool. And it's very flavorful because obviously, like you say, if, if you're on their list... Sad times. You better run. <laughs> yeah, you yep. better run. You better hide. Get into a cave, then build a cave within that cave, and then just just hide. Like these guys are relentless. I absolutely love them. Like, oh, justice literally has been formed right now. It's so good right now. So, um, who should we talk about next, Dave? I think we should talk because there's one here that I really like. Okay, you might have uh, the same one as me. We'll find out. We'll find out right. if it is. It's Voss. Oh, no, that's not my favourite. Okay, that's <laughs> Because I love the weaponizers, and I think had we had more wizard set, we would have had more of them creeping through. So we had, what, um, Brunt, Six Gun, Cog were the official ones. The Ark did um, Megatron, the gun Megatron. Uh, did Bayformers have any weaponizers? Or am I going... I think they got weaponizers they coming in. They had some in... battle masters, but I don't think yeah. they had any weaponizers. I think on on our, on our the Hustlers, we uh, did a Wastelands beta gameplay, and we had Scorpulator, who is a weaponizer. So it's a really cool thing. They're ve- they're different to battle masters, because you can't cheat with them with Quartermaster. Um, so what made you make Voss a weaponizer? Mostly because I felt like he deserved to be something... Because I feel like battle masters are more generic characters to me uh and that the weaponizers being brunt uh six gun and cog they were more uh, fancy and flavorful and that they needed to be like their own thing because they did such unique things Mm. um and voss obviously since he's a justice division member he he felt like he met that criteria sure he's cool He's, he's got good he's got a good trait as well he's a specialist um, so yeah, do you want to run through him and we'll, we'll have a look at him and what he does when he turns into a, a weapon? He's a three-seven-one, so he has the same low stats that most Battlemasters and Weaponizers have. Uh, but when he attacks a tapped character, you get to play a removable face from your scrap pile, which is a battle card that we'll have to look at. So the whole gimmick with Voss in the comics is that his face is removable, and he puts it on people as a torture device, so that's pretty cool. Um, so... Similar to Antimatter Chamber and Wave X, I made this a card that you actually put on your opponent, uh, opponent's characters, because uh, that's just what he does. Um, and you put it in a character's utility slot that doesn't already have a utility. Um, and at the start of your turn, uh, being the turn of the person who owns the original card, uh, you do one damage to the upgraded character, and then if either player controls a Justice Division, it does two instead. Oh, so that gets not very nasty very quickly. Ouch. But then again, having something that spiky put on your face would hurt. Oh, gosh. I'm just thinking reclaim with this. Oh, you just run. What have you done, Caleb? What have you done? Giving Lee ideas. <laughs> no. Rough. Oh, boy. I'm happy. I'm. This is great. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, now. but uh, you can overwrite this with a pocket processor and then it goes away. You could reprocess it away and heal to... Uh, yeah. the two damage that it probably just did to you um, but it's a it's a pretty unique card and I think that it works well with Voss and his whole gimmick um, 
And then looking at his weapon mode, it's called the Neo Primal Neo Primal Sniper Rifle, uh, because I think he speaks Neo Primal. That's the language he speaks. I want to say. Uh, so that's why I decided to name it, uh, just because that sounded pretty cool. Um, but whenever he's on a Justice Vision character and it attacks, you reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a blue, you draw a card, draw two cards. If it's an orange, you do one damage to an enemy. If it's white, your opponent scraps a card from their hand, and then the card itself gives the upgraded character plus two attack. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We're getting these done, dude. Yeah, we are. Like, we We're are getting, getting these done. done. This needs to happen. Because... Um, <laughs> Because no one else has done the DJ D either, so this is really really cool that um, we have them in in the in the game. Um, that's a terrifying character. To be fair, they're all terrifying. So I like it, and I like the fact that they're Decepticons as well. So you can do you got access to all the Decepticon upgrades, like you know terrifying resilience and Scoundrel's Blast and all that jazz, um, which is really really savage. So we've got. Is it just left? To, just left to look at. Yes. Who do you want to talk about, Caleb? It's your set. Who do you want to show Let's off? Let's look at Tesserus. Yeah, my boy, my freaking boy, Dave. He should be your favourite member, other than Tarn. Come on, seriously. The grinder. The grinder. <laughs> He's got a jet engine in his chest that he just basically goes, just puts people in it, man. It's a mad. He's a good guy, really, at heart. <laughs> so uh tesserus is a uh tank melee in addition to the justice division um and you'll notice that in the picture half of the robot that he's grabbing is gone and i swear that's photoshopped that's not actually how it's supposed to be <laughs> but i think it works um uh but it's he's a 513 for 10 stars uh, and when he defends against a mercenary, you get to reveal the top card of your opponent's deck and do damage to the attacker for each different battle icon color there. So if they flip a wedge formation, they're taking three. Uh, and again, it, it works with the whole mercenary gimmick that the team works with. And he does kind of have low defense for a tank, but uh, he's kind of powerful, so it makes a little sense to have lower defense. Uh, and then moving over to his bot mode, he's just a vision uh, specialist. He's a 6 one and when he attacks the mercenary, you get to reveal the top card of your deck and move damage from him to the defender equal to the number of battle icons on the revealed card. But if you don't remove, uh, if you don't move any damage, you get to flip him at the end of the turn. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. like he, he, again, he's he's savage. He's pretty gnarly. Um, I just love the art. Like, the art that, looks that really good. <laughs> that poor guy. It's like, oh no. I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's all right. Let's, if, if you see it on, there's two sides to this fence. Poor guy or traitor. That's what you got to think right here, guys. That's what you got to think. <laughs> That's what you got to think. Is he on the list? Possibly. Possibly not. They're psychopaths. You never know. But yeah, I, I love him just because, yeah, when, when my friends are like, Lee, when you read more than meets the eye, there's going to be a group that you will lose your absolute shit over there's another curse word that i have to censor out <laughs> like and i was like yeah whatever and then when they what tarn and they do to grimlock like literally i was like is it was it that point that i'm supposed to like them and my mate was like yep and i was like glad i didn't bet any money because i love these guys even though they're psychopaths like they're so good like yeah Prefer these to the wreckers. Controversial, controversial statement, but hey, I, I love controversy on this podcast. I love this guy. Yeah. They're like the the yin, yin and yang, aren't they? The wreckers are like the you know the the good side, and these guys are definitely 
very, very bad. Very bad. There's a lot of grey with them. It's a really good story arc as well, though, because like yeah. the menace that they have, because you don't really see they, they, you know, you don't see them too much. You don't really see what they do, and then it's just insidious how they they're slowly worked into that storyline. And then you have that whole thing with, with with the Lost Light and Megatron and the Hot Rod and all that. And it's such a good story arc. It really is. Just go, it's go true. read it. Like it's you, amazing. You see Megatron pushed to a limit that you never thought you'd ever see. And then immediately, these guys who are absolute badasses run into a badass. Who comes out on top? Read it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so good. read it and find out. So this is the last one we're moving on to. We're moving on to the last one. I'm, I'm presuming you commissioned this one with Harvey yes. as well. It's actually my uh, desktop background because nice. <laughs> I like uh, like the alt mode so much. Uh, but yeah, he Helex, the hulking torturer. He is a uh, Justice Division tank melee. Uh, he's 413.3 for nine stars. Uh, and when you flip to his alt mode, you get to scrap an upgrade from an enemy mercenary. And again, Tarn makes all the Decepticons mercenaries. Um, yeah. And then you flip over to his uh, bot mode. He's Justice Division Specialist. And if you look very carefully at his chest in the bot mode, you'll see a little face in his chamber. There's a reason why, guys. There's reasons why. Yep. <laughs> but he's a 513-1. And at the start of your opponent's turn, they're going to choose one of their mercenaries and do a damage to it. And if they can't, you'll draw a card. Yeah. I, I think you've captured the feel of them through the entire set there they're nasty oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they are nasty and I think they should be um, yeah what can I say it's spicy <laughs> it's the only way to say it um, how much table time have you had with these guys uh, I've I've played a good amount with them uh, I remember I played against uh, I forget what his name was but I played against someone playing uh, Scorponok, uh Ark Scorponok, and they lost to him, which was crazy, considering you know <laughs> they work really well against Decepticons, uh, and they and they still lost to him. But they're 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 a powerful team overall, especially um, my my favorite combination of the characters is Tarn, Helix, and Voss, uh, just because Voss does fun stuff, and uh, yeah, I I really 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 like them. I think they're some of the my favorite cards that I've made. Yeah, and like Harvey, the the two that you had had done, obviously Helix and Tarzol, he's done a banging job. Yeah. on them, they just look so so good. So um, again, links will be in the description how you can get your hands on on these files. And I think um, there's two. Like I'm trying to remember because like obviously you had the characters, but there was two other battle cards. Oh, I think there's three in the set. Isn't there's there? yeah. Three total, yes. Yes. So, so let's look at those. Let's round it out with those. Uh, we can start with uh, Rules of Disengagement, which is also the name of the set uh, and the name of the comic book, I think. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. Yep. And it is a... Uh, it's also the cover of the comic book on the card. So um, it's a white-green action. And until the end of your opponent's next turn, all Autobots are also mercenaries. And this isn't scrapped at the end of the turn it was played. Mostly for a reminder mm. uh, that it was played. But yes, it makes sure that if you are playing against an all-Autobot team, you don't just flunk yeah. because you can't do any of your stuff. And it's got the green pip, so you can fish it in, a, in an emergency as well. So yeah, it's cool. I like it because 
in the comics, it's not just the Decepticons that go after. There's a lot of interesting people on their hit list. Like, it's exciting. Like, it's very spicy. Like, I'm and then the, uh, <laughs> the final battle card is called Towards Peace, which, if I remember correctly, so your opponent reveals their hand, and then if you have at least one Justice Division on the field, uh, you get to put a card with at least two different battle icon uh, from their hand into the KO area. Oof. Brutal. Brutal. I like that it's two different battle icons, though, because then you're not punishing people that play. I've, I've had games where I've just removed their bashing shields <laughs> from the game. <laughs> and I uh, I get to keep my stuff, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is awesome. It's a really cool little micro set, I think. You know, um, it's really flavorful. It fits who they are as a, as a group of characters as well. Um, you've done a cracking job, dude. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think this is the joy of finding out fan-made sets. Like, I did not know this existed. I can't. I'm going to be very honest. I I don't know how I haven't <laughs> not heard of this set. But the problem is, I think when it comes to David me, everyone just floods us with all their cool stuff, and we're like, "Oh, that looks amazing! Let's play this! Let's do this! Let's do that!" <laughs> and then we're like, "Wait a minute! What the heck is that?" So like, yeah. Congrats on this, bro. Oh, man, I want to play these right now. Oh, my gosh. I want to jump in and just run some shenanigans. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. I, I think you've nailed it, dude. I really do. I really... Thank you. Like I like them as a... You know, a narrative element in the, in the IDW, IDW stories. I think they're just really cool. And like Harvey, and that guy's good. <laughs> yeah, I think they came out like way better than I even imagined them. So yeah, that's that's the Justice Division guys. Uh, that is yeah badass. So this is the big one. This is a really this is you know to be fair, we should probably sit down and review this set at some point in detail, but. Um, Wave X, Caleb, that was your big initial project. So you did this independently of knowing what the ARC were doing, what ATP were doing, what Bayformers were doing. So your first set was Wave X, wasn't it? Yes. And it's huge. It's a little big. <laughs> it's, <bad. laughs> it's a little big. I think the, if you count the combiners, it's 120 cards. How was designing a set that big? That must have taken you, particularly if you're doing it like a lot of solitaire testing and stuff, how, like... How did it all come together? How long did you spend coming up with, with everything? Because it must have been real mammoth undertaking. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming up with everything, was <laughs> it took months. Uh, and then, you know, there was points where I was just like, oh, I should add this character in too. Like, I think the set was originally like 35 characters and it ended up being 43 by the end. Um, and I had to cap myself there because I was trying to add more characters and I was like, no, stop, stop there. Don't make any more, please. Because <laughs> so the thing is, you can always park those characters because that's what we've done. Like we, we started doing characters and, and like we did Nightbird as our little promo. And then it's like, oh, what about this one and this one, and this one, and this one. And like, you just have to literally right. park them for later, don't you? Like, okay, we, we've got what's in this set. Um, so WaveX is it's a big set. There's a lot of characters in it that subsequently were revealed in, in other fan sets as well. And obviously they're fan favorites. So you've got like Rodimus Prime in there, haven't you? You've got Cyclonus. Um, you've got um, Galvatron. You know, you've got some of the real big ones. I think they're characters that we all wanted to see. 
Um, so where did you draw a lot of your inspiration for Wave X? You know, what was what you know was it just characters that you wish they'd done or is just stuff that you had a specific kind of like plan for so most of it was just me wanting to do characters that yeah they hadn't done yet um i think uh one of the biggest ones i wanted to do was galvatron he was probably like the third or fourth character i made uh and you know there was there was a point where i just wanted to see what was I like there was a point where I just scrolled through all the legends are on on the flicker on the flicker account and I and I just picked a bunch of them and downloaded them and was like all right how can I make this work um and anything that I couldn't figure out uh like a lore connection to I dropped and anything that I could I I wrote it down and I have a massive google doc of just drive uh, of just ideas and uh stuff that you know never happened uh because I obviously had to cap myself. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much you can do, but so only so much time before it becomes uh, irrelevant. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I think you know, obviously, we don't have the time here tonight to them, but yeah, like why don't you pick out a couple of your favorites? And I'd like to talk about a couple of characters that I really really like the look of as well. And I'm sure Lee can do the same. Um, so, who, who who's your favorite character you designed from Wavex? Uh, I have to say, it's gotta be Sentinel Prime. I really, really like Sentinel Prime. Let's bring him up, because he is cool. And here's one of the ones I was going to say, so <laughs> now I don't have to. I can choose someone else. So, yeah, Sentinel Prime's obviously a big character in the Transformers lore. Um, how did you come up with his design and, and settling on his star cost? Because he is a... What is he, Lee? He's a bit of a beefcake. And say it with me! Beefcake! 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 And also an asshole for killing Ironhide. Oh, sorry, we're not, we're not, not wrong franchise. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. That's, a di that's a different universe we don't talk about. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he, how, he's, he's big. He is a beefcake. He is 18 stars, Caleb. How did you settle on that? So, I knew from the moment I saw Sentinel Prime's art, I knew he had to be something special. Uh, and I, I had to go through a lot of research just to figure out what the heck his alt mode even was. Uh, like, some places were saying that it was a tank, some places said it was a truck, some even said it was a train. And I was like, I, I, I gotta pick some, so I ended up settling on tank truck. Uh, He's a truck. Because I guess, he, it makes the, I guess it makes the most sense, I don't know. I knew he had to be something special, so in addition to him being, as you say, a beefcake, uh, he also has a fancy battle card and uh, counter tracker thing, sort of like the tower in the Devastator set. He has a card called the Grand Scheme, uh, which does things based on the number of counters on it. Let me pull that up real quick. Now, the Grand Scheme, I again, like I said, I knew he had to be special. Uh, so I came up with the Grand Scheme, which uh, anytime a player plays an action, it gets a counter. And at different stages, at 4, 7, 11, and 15, he does different things for that stuff. And uh, he kind of he goes ham once he hits 15. Uh, your opponent is going to have a real time, hard time winning the game if he hits 15. Um, originally, it was going to be an auto win at 20, but a lot of people told me that that was a bad idea. So I, I ended up taking that off the card. Um, but Sentinel is... It's a crazy character if we uh, 
look at his alt mode. He's a 621 4. Uh, so already those stats are pretty uh, pretty big, uh, but the thing is when he's defending against an Autobot in alt mode He does lose uh, two defense and that's mostly because Four defense is something that you don't see on a lot of characters uh, The only ones you see it on are like blue streak and demolisher and they definitely have drawbacks uh, Demolisher being his low health blue streak being his low health uh, so lowering it in a certain situation uh, just seemed to make sense to me, but uh, when you put an armor on him in alt mode, he gets plus one attack, meaning that if you put three extra paddings on him, he's getting a plus three boost for it. Yeah, that's, that is big boy numbers, that really is. Um, it's a fantastic piece, piece of art you've chosen as well. Obviously that's from the Transformers Legends. Yep. Um, there's, there's a wealth of, of quality artwork there, isn't there? Yes. And uh, like like his subname suggests, it says best weapons, best armor. I gave him the highest defense and the highest attack in the game. Uh, so looking at his bot mode, he does have nine attack, twenty one health, and one defense, uh, which is pretty big. <laughs> but he has eighteen stars, so I feel like he he kind of needs it. Well, he's he's bigger. You know, he's apart from like Guardian Omega Supreme and the Titans, he is. The most expensive character I think we've seen. Right. Because um, Galaxy was what fifteen, Captain Jetfire sixteen. So yeah, like at eighteen, he 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 needs. To, when you were investing that much in a character, they need to pull their weight. Yes. Uh, and whenever he attacks in bot mode, you get to put a phase counter on the grand scheme if you have it out, assuming, because uh, you do have to play the first step to get the grand scheme out. But uh, he. He also gets another ability similar to extra padding and that when you put a weapon on him he does one damage to a tapped enemy. So if you put three attack drones on him, he's doing three damage to a tapped enemy. So he's a bit like like Roadbuster but over two sides. Yes, I kind of kind of ish. I, Simi similar to Roadbuster. I didn't even realize how similar he was to Roadbuster whenever I made him. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's a pretty good character. He originally did have 24 health in his uh <laughs> on his card but that that had to be dropped because not even sky shadow could beat him at, after a certain point <laughs> and that's a good thing we like that <laughs> it's true uh, i'm on my soapbox again no it's perfectly fine it's perfectly fine get on your soapbox i kind of use sky shadow as my uh my level cap uh, if it could beat sky shadow it was too strong so i'd, I'd lower it down um yeah absolutely yeah um, so Lee what do you think because he does look scarily good so the one thing that makes me laugh is how his alt mode looks like a really dangerous fire engine like it just is insane but then again I've been watching a lot of Ghostbusters so it looks like a really dangerous new Tom one to me just saying is all but the the bot mode artwork is you know define beefcake just show that image like seriously like Guns, guns, guns. Guns, guns, guns. Mate, this guy is ridiculously awesome. Like, if you want to play a beefcake, and if you really, really want to play something dope, yeah, like, this guy is ridiculous. Like, I can't get over how bonkers he is. I still would have had him so he could kill Sky Shadow, but that's just <laughs> me speaking aloud again. Um, but, dude, yeah, like... We, we, we always say, like, too tall is kind of interesting, but, like, I would love to do a tournament where you could just do two tall decks because, like, this guy being 18 stars is a scary chappy. Like, I'd like to see, when obviously with testing him, how was he against uh, 
that stupid Galactic Prime. How, how did he fare against him, obviously, I, if you did do testing? With I, I'm not sure I did that exact matchup, actually, but it, I did play against Captain Jetfire, um, mm, which I okay. suppose is, like, the next closest thing, uh, star-wise, at least. Yeah. Um, and he just crushed him. It, was, it wasn't close. Like, I'd say he's probably one of the most competitive characters I made, um, even after that hard nerf on his health. Um, it's just because the grand scheme gives him so many buffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you get the grand scheme out? What what card do you have to play to get it going? So he has a green utility called the first step. Uh, and what that does is when you put it on him for the first time this game, you get to put the grand scheme into your uh, K area with one face counter on it. Um, and, and when it's scrapped from Sentinel Prime, you get to put another face counter on it in addition to it giving him plus one attack. Uh, and then the grand scheme itself just gives him a series of buffs based on the number of counters. So the first one gives him plus three health, uh, and then at seven counters, he gets a belligerence when he attacks, basically, uh, but only for you. Um, and then at 11 counters, you draw a card at the end of your turn, and at 15, at the start of your turn, you're doing one damage to two enemies. Yeah, so basically if you're against Sentinel Prime, you need to put him down as quickly as you possibly yes. can. Because he is insanely good. I think it's really flavorful as well because he is like a bit of a maniac. He's a bit of a tyrant, really, isn't he? In in um, is it Autocracy, the storyline he was in from the IDW. Autocracy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. I got the art from. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact again, that's another fantastic piece of writing from IDW. That's a really good comic. Um, I really like the art style as well that you've chosen because that art's quite unique to the comic books. Like that, that particular artist draws very differently to the bulk of the IDW line. Um, so that's cool. Have you got anyone else you want to showcase uh, before me and Lee jump in and go? Oh, I really like this one. I'll share the first character I made, um, which was the Armada Starscream. Nice. I was gonna say that's. Uh, and that was mostly because um, whenever I was first designing cards, uh, the guy who did some of the recolors for me, Lance Hardy, he said that he'd do them only if I made a <laughs> an Armada Starscream. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I got you. So I this one went through like three different versions. Uh, this final one stuck though because uh, I felt like it fit him as a as a character. Um, because his whole gimmick is that he wants to have either the Null Ray of Starscream or Starscream Saber, which is a card in Wave X. Uh, and then he gets two weapon slots if, if he has them. And then he does stuff if he has two weapons on him. So he's pretty uh, pretty interesting. He, he's really cool. Like, he's 12 stars as well, so he's a big lad. Because um, he's a really different Starscream in Armada, isn't he? Yeah. As to how he is in G1, for example. Like, he's like a very, very different type of character. And he's quite noble as well, um, which is obviously reflected in your card title, The Noble Swordsman, because he he switches sides at the end, yep. doesn't he? He goes across to um to, to Optimus. Um, so, yeah. Like, anything that can make Noel Ray of Starscream not suck balls <laughs> um, is good by account. I really liked, uh, in testing, I would run three Starscream Saber and three Noel Rays on him. And it would be really fun just getting two no rays out and just having bold four, <laughs> you know, when you're swinging. Yeah. Uh, 
and then he gets a pocket processor if he's got the two weapons and then he's got the the bold two on each of your characters when you flip to alt mode if you have the two weapons so he really he really likes his weapons he's cool what do you think Lee? me I'm, I'm i'm a bit like stumped for words to be honest he's really good <laughs> like everything we've we like i think it's interesting when it came to with it with its withers that's not even a word wizards design thing because we always had characters where we're like that's very different and obviously at some point out there we know there's probably going to be someone out there who's probably already working on an armada set like and obviously we've had obviously we've had on our previous show like randy he did a beast war set there's other types of transformer like canon so throwing in an armada starscream and i i didn't really watch armada but i loved the look of starscream in that it looked really cool I st it still took me a while to get over like there's way more red on him than there should be um but it was sick and i absolutely loved it and this guy yeah like it rewards you for playing starscream stuff and like even if we look at some of the fun stuff that the arc have made for example with some of the starscream stuff they've got in there like the cape the uh, cape oh, oh three weapon slots oh <laughs> just saying is all you know for uh, for a casual uh, you know for a casual card in a, in a big big set mate the cape on this guy mad so good yeah I, I think I think the thing I love with, with the aesthetic of Armada as well is very different to say G one, and I liked how IDW gave Starscream an almost Armada body in uh, their storyline later on mm. when he takes over yeah. as um, and when he tries to harmonise Cybertron and stuff. So really cool, man. Like um, I think it's it's nice to see different iterations of characters, and it, it's it's. It is like what if isn't it you know what if wizards had carried it on and i think there's a lot of when when people are making the fan cards they're, they're picking things that they really want to do and obviously you had a guy helping you he's like i'm only going to do this if you make this guy and you're like okay i'll do that <laughs> um yeah and you've nailed it lee who, who's pick it pick a pick a character mine, mine mine's a mine's a cheat because it's three that involve in the one. I know who you've chosen. Damn it, you've done it as well. <laughs> <laughs> you've done it as well. Have I, have I nicked no, yours as well? No, go for it. I've got, an, I've, got, I've got a reserve one I would like to talk about, so you go for this one. Cool, because I just picked this because also this is a hilarious item that a Transformer turns into. I thought this was amazing <laughs> and how on earth this could work. And, uh, you know, Caleb's made it work. So uh, I'm talking about um, Viewfinder, Spectro, and Spyglass. They all do their own separate things, which is fun. Don't get me wrong. Cards are on the screen. There's a lot of text. I don't want to bore you with that. It's just the fact that they all turn into Reflector, guys. Now, if you remember Reflector, that's a camera. And you see Thundercracker use it in the first thing. And they take a photo of some casual humans before Ravage should have killed them, to be honest. But somehow he let them live. Hey, what's that? Let's find out. <laughs> Okay, Reflector, let's see what you can see. But this guy is a casual 57, 18 stars, right? And I love how this guy plays. So he's a combiner. I'm already in love with the combining thing. So you got to get these three to combine. Uh, the most interesting thing about this combiner's alt mode is that it has a star for an attack. It has 27 health in total and three three armor guys or three defense so yeah it's going to be hard to punch this camera it's quite, <laughs> quite tough but 
it's really fun because when this combines, put five reflector counters on this. And then uh, you may look at your opponent's hand at any time. <laughs> That's mental. I love it. Let, let's just 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 soak that information. That's just mad. Uh, but then it's uh, this character's uh, attack is equal to um, the reflector counters on this. Now there's also a fun card that I'm going to throw up, which I like really well, uh, which is called Camera Flash, which adds to your uh, reflector's counter pool. So you can have this camera constantly looking at your opponent's hand, but then if you can't really get rid of those, I don't. Is there is there a card, Caleb, that gets rid of reflectors counters? Uh, I don't think there is. No. So no, if you if you're living the dream, um, you could do some hilarious shenanigans with this guy, uh, and I absolutely love that because death by camera is hilarious. <laughs> like, I just like the fact you could do. So Dave, Dave has seen this a little bit. There's a specialist play that I love that also was brought up on a podcast, which I kind of possibly ripped off this beautiful person, is the fact that you can uh, play a certain specialist card that grants you to play a weapon, and then you can go straight into Power Sword. Imagine a camera with a Power Sword, <laughs> or a Great Sword, or whatever you want to call it. Just imagine that. Death by camera. Like, there's probably epilepsy, which is a serious thing, but, you know, there's only a flash that can really hurt, really, on this camera. But I absolutely love it. I absolutely love this. I want to play this right now. I love how big the thing is. It is ridiculous. So I'm probably going to make it a little bit smaller because I think it would be hilarious to have such a small camera on the field and be like, yeah, hit that. With with uh, Reflector, the team I tested with the most was um, it was the three the three guys and Nightbird. and Because mm. then you could run Opportune Offensive. And since they're doing uh, disruption things by looking at your opponent's hand, Nightbird's also doing disruption things by not letting them play actions without taking damage. And uh, yeah, it's a little, it was a little uh, disruptive action going on. That's cheeky. I love it. That is cheeky. I absolutely love it. It's just the fact that you get to look at your opponent's hand whenever and whatever. It's just great. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fun. It says it in his uh, his sub name that he's the spy master. So Dave, I'm sorry that I took yours. <sighs> you, and also, you know. Caleb took Sentinel Prime. You've taken Reflector. Okay, <laughs> then. Well, I'm going to choose a pair of characters, and I really, really like these. Um, I like my planes anyway. Not as much as I like, like cars, but I do like my planes. And this one is a clone. It's Cloud Cloud Raker, the envious clone. So you've got a brand new trait on this, haven't they, Caleb? So you came up with a new trait, and there's a few characters in Wave X that have this trait. It's the clone trait. What's it doing? Uh, basically, it's just for the, the the clones. You know, there's a there's a stratagem that gives the trait to a couple other characters like Pounce and Wingspan, uh, and Run Amok and uh, Run a uh, the Runner guys. You know, <laughs> yeah, those those guys, those dudes, <laughs> those, those uh, Runner guys. <laughs> it gives it to them, and uh, there's some battle cards that do stuff with that. Um, like, uh, I think there's... I can't even remember what they're called off the top of my head. Uh, it is... Seeing Double is the aggro one, and Identical Defense. But basically, uh, when you put it on a clone, it gives the upgraded clone plus one defense and each other clone plus one defense. And then the other one, uh, Seeing Double, gives plus one attack to the upgraded character and plus one attack to each other clone. So if both characters have that, then they both are getting plus uh, plus two from uh, from those boosts. That's cool. It's a little bit like tandem targeting system in a way, isn't it? That they kind of f from uh, the San Diego Comic Con pack. 
sort of that that was kind of similar in theme where like you play one from your scrap pile and you give them to your your guys and stuff but i really like Cloudbreaker. i think he's really really cool and we'll look at his counterpart in a minute so he's a 10 star plane and he's a specialist so he can do some naughty shenanigans our shenanigans are cheeky and fun yeah i mean his shenanigans are cruel and tragic which makes them not shenanigans at all really like i just really like the idea that like when you when he flips to um alt mode if you have fast lane on the battlefield and obviously fast lane is his clone uh fast lane gets bold two to the end of the turn which i think is really really cool and in sorry in bot mode when my computer wakes up <laughs> he, he's got a really good stat line as well for 10 stars so he's got 6 13 1 and he's 5 and 2 in all uh, when he defends and you flip at least green white this gets plus 1 defense until the end of the turn if you have fast lane on the battlefield fast lane gets plus 1 defense until the end of the turn so that's really interesting um, and do you want to talk about fast lane Caleb Sure. Fastlane and Cloudraker were sort of meant to be the autopuck counterparts to Runamuck and... Yeah, I, I was... Can't, yeah. Yeah, Runamuck and Runabout. I was going to say, they seem really cool like that. I like that. I like that. Because they, uh, they do some uh, flipping stuff and definitely bounce off of each other. So Fastlane is the more aggressive of the two in that he's a 514-1 for 10 stars. He's a clone car melee. And when he flipped his alt mode, you can do three damage to him or Cloudraker, which does seem like a lot. Uh, but that character gets plus three attack until end of turn if you do. So he uh, he definitely gives a, a leap in a battle to somebody for three damage. So uh, a little bit worse than Reckless Charge, but it is on a flip effect, so it's more accessible. And then his bot mode, he's a 614 uh, so again, he is more fragile, but he, he's going to hit harder uh, because he gets plus one attack for each enemy secret action that's face up or face down. Uh, so if your opponent's trying to block your attack, uh, you know, it, <laughs> they better do it some other way, I guess, other than secret actions. Um, and then plus when you flip to his uh, bot mode, you can flip Cloudraker to another mode. So he, they're again bouncing off of each other. Yep. Lee, if you ever show this card to Claire, I will shoot you. <laughs> Why? Because I play loads of secret actions and I don't want this to happen to me. Mate, In fact, I'm you're not allowed to play it. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just, I'm sorry. I value our friendship, but also she needs to know things. <laughs> <laughs> there is tech out there to stop you, you madman. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I think, you know, there's, there's so much within the set. There is so much in there. It's a huge set. Um, we haven't even touched know. on, like, the beasts... There's so many beasts in this set, which is sick. Yep. Oh yeah. my gosh, there's is so it, much. Is there anything else you want to showcase, um, Kayla, before we, we, we kind of move on? Because you did a, a bunch of stratagems and battle cards as well, so it's not just characters. There's a bunch of other things in the set. There is... Uh, I guess I could talk about my... I know everyone has made an answer to Pierce, but I might as well talk about mine because that one went through so many changes. It is a secret action called Into Enemy Territory. And everyone on the Bayformer server just cringed because I play that in every deck. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what it does is it's a blue secret action, and when one of your characters defends, the attacker gets plus one attack, but they can't use pierce until end of battle, and then the defender gets tough too. I really like that. That's really cool. I really, really like that. It's like every, every fan group, including us, did something to say, go away, pierce, you're done. Um, obviously, we had Trithidian plating, 
from the art. We've had Tetranite. Obviously, ATP did Here's the Thing with Jazz. You've got Into Enemy Territory, and we did Electrostatic Shielding, which turns all blacks white for a turn. So I really like this. This is different as well, because it's like, okay, you're a little bit better at attacking me this round, but no, no pierce for you. I like it. I think it's fantastic. The, the funniest thing is, like, I'm scrolling through now all these cards, and I'm like, holy cow, some of these are absolute nuts. Like, they're so good. Oh, Dave, we're going to have to review this set, aren't we, bro? We're going to have to. <laughs> we are. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. It's been, to be fair, like, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, me, I can't remember. Me and you spoke quite a while ago, Caleb, about coming on, didn't we? It was like several months ago. I, was I like, think it was back in February. Would you like to come on? <laughs> yeah, I was like, would yeah. you like to come on? But there is a queue. Um, it's like, I, I just think it's really nice to see a different take on how to approach um, Pierce, particularly with this card into enemy territory. You've also done some weapons for like sort of signature weapons, like for, for Starscream, you've got the Sabre. It's just, it's a mammoth. Yeah, Lee, we have to review it. Yeah, we're going to have to, aren't we? And we'll, we'll take a slap on the wrist for not doing it sooner. Yeah. I, I apologize. <laughs> we apologize. Oh my gosh, there's some mad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we need to do. That's insane. Right, okay, we're good. Maybe we could do that for the next episode. Maybe we should. We should do that for the next I episode. We should. should we do Wave X Wave episode? It's going to be a beast. It's going to be a beast of an episode. It's going to be another marathon, but we're still waiting for, for Wastelands and Art Wave 2. So, you know. It is true. Time. We have got time before that. Those things creep up on us. Oh, my god. Because they are going to be beasts as well. We might as well, you know, to start as we mean to go on, just review mammoth sets. Yeah. Designing a set of this size, man, on your own is a real achievement. Oh, Thank yeah. you. I think it's a really hard thing to do. Um, I'm saying that from experience as well. Like, I think it's... Like people don't realise just how much time and playtesting and word like just even getting the wording right as well so it makes sense and it's yeah. in the wizard's framework. <laughs> you know, we're blessed um, that that techno um, is is so helpful and like so open with his his time and everything. So thank you, Carl, for for obviously all your assistance you give to all the fans. That's not just ours, but obviously Caleb and Ave helped and and um Bayforms and stuff, so it's it is it, it uh, but the thing I think for me, it's fun making cards, isn't it? It is fun. It's very fun. Yeah. You know, w with your with Wavex, you know, has there been much sort of tournament play with it? Have you had much um, chance to get it into a tournament set? You know, you. Uh, I I had talked to a lot of people to see if they would um, get it into a tournament format, but uh, most of them seemed discouraged by the idea that it was made by just one person, and felt that it would probably be unbalanced because of that and since then i i've been meaning to run my own tournament but i think i want to wait for shattered glass to come out and do like a little release event yeah, for it yeah you so should guys if you if you like the look of the set go download it um and get get some table time and let, let let us know what you think of the set you know let us know how it plays for you let us know how the justice division play because i'm i'm definitely gonna yeah. give them a whirl because i think they look they look take spice. my money dave take my money so we're about out of time, aren't we, for the Q&A session? We are. We're going to transition into questions. So, guys, we want to thank you all out there for uh, giving us questions for Caleb. Um, uh, as always, we always seem to put these up on Facebook, and the community comes out in its droves to ask him uh, questions from a design aspect or just random stuff. Like, I still can't get over that bagel question we had so many, so many episodes back. That was just so random. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, we've got a few questions uh, for Caleb because um, you guys did a really good job. So thank you very much for that. 
So we're going to crack on with these questions and then we'll probably wrap this uh, episode up in a nice tidy bow because it's been awesome to see cards that I can't believe I've not seen. Like, I'm literally, like, my jaw has not hit. Like, I haven't picked it up yet. Like, he made a chair work and a camera work, guys. Enough said. Like, man, man's a legend. So, Dave, do you want to get straight into the first question then? Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, from Dwayne Bacon. Um, and his question is, what is your favourite mechanic in the game? Was there a time when you got it to work very well but still lost the match anyway? So I did have a an idea for what to say for this one as soon as I read it. Uh, and, it and it's Cosmos. Cosmos has to be my favorite uh, favorite thing ever. I love him. <laughs> so, and like I said, he was in the first pack I ever opened, so I'm kind of biased. Uh, but um, the thing is, I, I was playing a match. I had my Cosmos and Rescue Patrol team, I think is what it was. Um, but I was playing against a Impactor off-road patrol deck, so it was five wide. Cosmos doesn't do very well against wide teams, uh, mostly because he can't just, you know, go through his deck five times. Uh, but against all odds, I KO'd four of them and then lost the game. Uh, that's so and cool. I was so upset. That's so cool. And I think, like, Wave 5 really gave him a nice boost, because I've oh, tried absolutely. it a few times with, with Orbital um, Strike, and it's... It's hard. It, it, the thing is, Cosmos is one of those decks, isn't it? It's like it'll either work, and you'd be like, "Yes, I KO'd your guy," or you'd be like, "Oh, I'll just reshuffle the turn for us swing." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, you have to do a lot more thinking than you you would initially uh, think, because uh, you have to like count the amount of cards left in your deck and be like, "Okay, if I flip this many cards during battle, am I gonna still be okay?" That's yeah. sort of thing. But it's cool because it's a really different way of playing it. Um, it's a really, really different way of playing Transformers. And I think we didn't have many of those whilst the game was live. Obviously, we had Daring Escape and Numb and Light because it was really non-interactive. But Cosmos was like, oh, my God. Like, Bombshell, uh, Wave 2 Bombshell was another one. And Lee got him to work. Yep, still undefeated, just saying his own. Yeah, undefeated. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lee? What's your favourite mechanic in the game? I'm just going to always say it, aren't I? Uh, Metroplex, when um, I kind of love that big guy. And as soon as someone told me, he's, he's trash. And I was like, challenge accepted. That deck is horrific. And it is a very well-fine-tuned Ferrari. And um, yeah, um, certain members of our group will remain nameless. But I was so happy that I beat them with him. Because they have just rickrolled me in so many games recently with really, really good decks. I've been like, I just need to go back to good old favorite Metroplex and just... How can I figure out about getting two orange, two blue, and two whites to work? And it really just came down to deck creating. Like, literally going back to basics and going, how can I make this a really well-oiled machine? And the majority of the time, you can make that work. And I think that's the one thing about uh, Transformers of TCG is when you pick a character and you then just basically redefine how that character is like we bought up bombshell somehow i made bombshell work and it's a filthy deck i haven't gone back and played it because i'm i'm just gonna just brace in i made him good and thank you Matt, for the second best uh, card player in canada <laughs> for giving him me for a challenge and making him work but it, i think it's just those little things that stand out to you like i love it when you can just spam something and just go off that's amazing um but it's just the little things as well like 
just the fine tweaking of decks, just going, if I change that one card, or maybe I can get this. And like, and other like sets, there's been cards that have really helped other cards come to the forefront. And yes, I don't play Resilience in my Metroplex deck. Just saying is all, guys, because it doesn't work well with the engine. I do, on the other hand, love Staggering Height. I think that was one of the best cards to add to Metroplex. And also my favorite card of all time, Sturdy Javelin, um, because they're all ranged, funny enough. Um, but yeah, I just like, I like that aspect of my my plays of games is fine-tuning something and making stuff work kind of like what Caleb was saying about cosmos always want to try and make him work i've never figured him out because i've just literally been like this is a puzzle i will just gladly leave in the binder <laughs> you know because it is because it is like that with some characters you just really want to make them work and like if you are dedicated you can make them work like if you just put the time in, you will make them work. So it's like it's like Needle Nose from Wave Three. You're like oh, I really wish this guy guy wouldn't suck, but he really he does. He does. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what what was one of yours then, Dave? Uh, what was uh, your one of your favorite mechanics? My favorite mechanic is probably no surprise. It's secret actions. I absolutely love them. It's the blue magic player in me. Um, I just can't let it go. I love them, but so many times I've got wrecked by the counter espionage or just not having the right tool at the right time. Um, one of my favorite decks is still to this day Major Shockwave. And when I played against Tank in Encounter 4 and he was playing Major Shockwave, I was like, why, why haven't I played this guy in this, this amount of time? I just love secret actions. The, the, you've almost got like a tool for every scenario now, particularly with the fan sets as well, there's an awful lot you can do with them. Um, so yes, probably no surprise to you that secret actions are my fave. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so question two. Yeah, so uh, question two by number two of the best Canadian players uh, in uh, Canada, obviously, um, is uh, from Matafer. He says, what is your favorite underrated battle card and character from the TCG case? So battle card, uh, for me, it has to be Sonic Scramble. I really, really wow. like Sonic Scramble. That is left field. I love that. Because I, I like War of Attrition, and I like Focused Fire, and I wish Sonic Scramble was more playable, but just because it's only green and not any other color, it's not great. That's, that's the only reason why. I love it. I absolutely love it. And that's so out of left field. I love it. What, what about character? Character. Uh, now, this is one that I know Tank is going to be like, why, though? Uh, it's gonna be tracks. I really, really like tracks, but everyone else seems to hate him, and I really don't understand why. Because I really like tracks. What's funny though is if you if you were to go back and watch my uh, my review of Wave Five, I gave such I gave tracks such a hard rap, uh, but then I I pulled him and I started playing with him and I just fell in love with the card. And nobody plays him, and I am sad. Yeah, there's 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 one guy that plays him, isn't there? Yeah, mate? I got him up to 23 attack at one point. Damage, straight oh up. Gosh. Like literally, actually, I should have said that is my favorite moment. Actually, I completely forgot about that game. Uh, but no, yeah, Trax is stupidly fun, and also he's got that weird accent. I'd rather stay in my stunning auto mode. <laughs> but then I couldn't do this. <laughs> he's made it black as night. So, what more do you want in life? Like, seriously. <laughs> Come at me, Tank. Come at me, bro. I swear. I'll, I'll take you on with tracks. Caleb and me will redeem him in your eyes, I bet. I, I, think, he's a, I think he's a good car. Like, 
like, the thing is with cars, they're always fighting. You can always look at a more optimal version, like like cliff jumper. Like if you own him, it's a hands down. It's just in, like in every car's deck, you know. Um, yep. Trusted Lieutenant B is an insanely good uh, anticipation engine and you know machine. He's just he's just so good. Um, wind charger, like the tracks. That flippability is really good. It is really good. Just a couple of showing offs. Kinetic whips. Stupid, stupid fun times. <laughs> okay, Lee, what's your favourite underrated character and battle card? Uh, okay, so favourite character because we had a because we had him on the channel at one point, and it's one of the funniest things ever. Back in the day when Mike Mike played the game with me, it was um gonna have to say Soundwave from Wave Three. Because I was like, oh, this guy's kind of crap. And then I saw someone play him in our locals. And then I was like, wait a minute. He untaps all of them? What? That's just value. Why are we not playing this more? And then we went back, obviously, with later sets that brought out much stupider, better cards. And yeah, like, it's fun when you're like, oh, I've only got a little laser beak, like, eagle, like, haha. And the pheasant goes and murders someone huge. It's incredible. <laughs> You're just like, deal with that, mate. Deal with that. Yeah, so definitely Soundwave, I would say, is one of my underrated characters. Because just the value of amount of tax you can do. And also, it's funny that you can somehow kill some people with really sharp cassettes. Is actually really <laughs> funny. I, I still can't get over the fact that you can kill someone with a cassette launcher. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, right, battle cards. Um underrated so this is hard because i i really really struggle to understand when it comes to a competitive standpoint for this game as well but dave's saw it recently in a few of my builds i started putting marksmanship back in because i think when the game ended obviously we had heads and bodies and stuff people just immediately got rid of that card immediately like because it's like it's not got that much value anymore because obviously you've got heads and your bodies and all this other stuff. I've started to put it back in my deck again and it is definitely coming up top trumps again. It was my favorite card for a very long time. Like everyone knows that. And then it changed to Sturdy Javelin. But yeah, I really think marksmanship of recent is very underrated because when you see one, you're like, oh, that's a bit spicy. It's a little bit of salt there. I like that. You know, <laughs> pretty tasty to see that card back again I, I think with the fan sets as well because like people have like when wave five came out everyone was like oh bodies and heads and stuff and things and you know and they were everywhere but i think people of the novelties worn off a lot of fan sets aren't designing new titans and masters and their bodies um we've had a handful like crash bash from from world strike but people have gone back to conventional bots and marksmanship is seeing way more value than it was during the, the heavy wave five meta oh yeah 100 percent, and that's why like i love that and the artwork is dope like come on seriously like skywalk with a sniper rifle i honestly thought it was megatron for ages but it wasn't um but yeah it was um yeah underrated i don't know i might have got that wrong i don't know tell me in the comments <laughs> dave what are your thoughts <laughs> okay well the battle card <laughs> the battle card is unsurprisingly a secret action. It's hiding spot from wave three. I think wave three is one of those, one of those sets that is kind of like lost in the shuffle. Like it's definitely probably, from a battle card perspective, one of the worst sets. Like wave two, like everyone kind of like 
sort of says like the combiners weren't great they didn't really work that well but you look at the battle cards in wave two there's so many tournament staples that are continuously played bashing shield batons this list goes on and on and on hiding spot is such a cool card to drop on just before the wheel turn and protect the guy that they battered the last time around then he's going no he's hiding now to be honest you are right with the ba wave three battle cards like i completely forgot anticipation engines in that little little sequence. yeah there's a few standouts like energy pack energy packs really good you know you've got some really cool stuff but a lot of the battle cards were kind of lost and then like wave four and wave five kind of really ramped up that power curve and kind of overshadowed it but there are still some gems in there but hiding spots one of my favorites to drop i play it in a aggro um pounce deck so it's an orange secret action deck and i just kind of hide pounce in the hiding spot and then he pounces on people <laughs> and my character that I chose is also a wave three character um, and I love him and I've played him for ages and ages Raider Trigger Happy mm, ah, Trigger Happy Trigger Happy fetching back grenade launchers and then fusion borers when they were dropped he's so good um, and PS4 isn't it in bot mode like that's really good really good so that that's mine. He's he's definitely lost in the shuffle. Yeah. He? Oh, he is. You know, and like you know, when you look at planes like Windsweeper and Slipstream and stuff, like he doesn't quite have to make the grade, but like he is really good. Fetching back grenade launcher and or fusion borer, and if you're playing fan sets like Cosmic Rust Cannon and stuff like that, well, that's strong. And there wasn't many recursion engines in Wave uh, Waves One to Five, really. You know, you had like Battlefield Legend, obviously, and a few others, but on the whole, they didn't really abused the, the um, recursion did they no I wouldn't say so but then again I'm a filthy casual so indeed <laughs> so yeah that's that's a thanks um, uh, second best car player in Canada um, moving on to um, question three uh, uh, this is from Michael Santino our good friend in Florida um, since a certain company stopped officially printing and selling cards what do you feel is the game's greatest success and what do you feel like the community could still do better for the game to remain successful in the future? So, I think the game's greatest success was the Energon Invitational. I, I really feel like it was just it was so such a good way to get like people from all over the world to come and meet and play Transformers. Uh, like there were people from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Britain. Uh, came there and played and I got to meet a lot of people that I'd seen on YouTube like the the wreck and rule guys uh, powered by Primus all those all those people and uh, you know some people even knew who I was which was so cool uh, getting that experience but um, yeah I think the Energon invitation was a really good thing uh, that happened especially so soon you know because the game had only been around for what not even two years and they'd already having a uh, a national championship which was so cool um and then for the community to do uh, better I, I i know that it's never ever going to happen but i'd, I'd like for we us to have a unified group uh just because for you know new players entering the game it, it's got to be so confusing seeing like a bajillion different groups making making cards and not knowing where to start and what's doing what they like and you know that sort of thing but again i don't expect it to happen if ever uh because you know everyone and their grandma is making cards now but uh yeah 
that's something I'd like to see one day. I think it's settled down though. I think like it, it, it has it, gotten a lot better. Yeah, you know, like I think, like you say, when, when the game was cancelled, it seemed like everyone in his dog was making Transformers cards because everyone had that passion and drive, and and a lot of people have moved away from the game, but those that have stayed and, and gone the long haul are those really passionate about the franchise. Um, and there is um, a movement in place where we're all trying to work a little bit more together and be a little bit more cohesive. So we're sharing stuff prior to release. We're saying like, hey guys, um, we're working on this. Um, like, let us know if this clashes with anything of yours. And, and there is that kind of like harmony towards it. And I know Adam from Bayform is a spearheading that. So that is something I think that can improve the community experience is a little bit more collaboration and talking to each other there are always going to be groups that don't want to do that and that is absolutely fine because you know that's their bag um but from where we stand um and i know you're heavily involved within the community as well caleb and, mm -hmm. and Leah will agree with me here we're working with the big um two of the biggest um content creators that are making community content to make sure that our sets have some kind of harmonization towards each other and i think that's really commendable that we're trying to do that because we do recognize it was a bit the wild west and we're now trying to settle it down and get it so we can all play with each because everyone's got great ideas that they bring to the table every every single group has had good ideas big and small and i think it's it's it would be lovely like you say it's an aspiration that we can have some kind of one community where we where we all play together and we all get along. Um, whether that's unrealistic or not, I don't know. But I'd like to think we can almost get there and steps have been put in place to do that. Yeah, I just echo what my co-host says. I think, I think the smartest thing we've said is I think having more people not be afraid to create stuff is awesome and it only helps the game grow more. Like I've always said, more videos for a certain game out on YouTube is better than none because it gives the it gives the game exposure. I think the funniest thing is we said going into it, we just wanted to go fun and theme with our sets. And I think everyone knows like through our first set, but just if you've talked to us privately or even heard us on this podcast, you know we're 100% all about the community. We... We are a hundred percent down for every group. We we are, as we always say, we're Switzerland. We love it. So so we are so happy that there's groups that are dedicated to basically keep this game alive. Or dare I say it, Caleb, individuals as a, a sole <laughs> individual uh, uh, making cards and and just releasing them and you know not being afraid of like criticism and whatever. Like honestly, like. It's awesome, and I think Dave has said it multiple times on this podcast. The game only dies when everyone stops playing it. And, exactly. You know, every, there's pockets in this community where you will find your niche and you will just stay there. But at the end of the day, we're all still playing this game, and we're still loving Transformers. And you shouldn't really judge someone just because they like this set more than that set or whatever. We all love Transformers. And it's at the end at the end of the day, you have the choice to say, I want to play with this, we want to play with that. And as we say on our podcast again, Dave and me are gluttons for punishment, so we play freaking everything. Obviously not, because we forgot about Caleb's set, so we apologize. <laughs> but we're now gonna play more stuff. 
Um, but it's it's exciting to see because obviously, you know, without people taking risks and taking time out of their real lives to create fan-created content, we wouldn't have, you know, like Galactic Odyssey. We wouldn't have, you know, Arc Wave 1. We wouldn't have the ATP, you know, uh, tournaments and their sets and stuff. You know, there's a lot more to it than just, like, creating, like, cards and stuff. And I absolutely love it. And this community is freaking dope. And we all have a passion whether you be Autobot, Merc, uh, you know, Decepticon, you know, you, it's it's dope. And I absolutely love this thing. And I think the community is awesome. And the game only dies when we stop playing it. And I think to go on to the game's greatest success, I think it is the community. Like, you had people who probably had never played a card game ever pick it up because they remember watching or reading uh, about Transformers. And it and if you know the whole Transformers community more than just the card game, it's huge. Like there's toys, there's comics, there's videos. Everyone has their niche, but everyone loves, you know, robots that turn into crazy little things. You know, even chairs, cars. You know, you name yeah. it. You know, cameras. cameras you know, yeah, <laughs> mad, cassettes. You know, it's crazy. But yeah, I think yeah, the greatest success is that's come out of. The whole of it has been the community and to keep the community alive is really key and there are pockets in this community that have done that and it's great and i kind of agree with what dave says all the time and i kind of agree with what caleb says it would be great to have you know a unified group but i think we might not see that just because everyone would want to be a part of it and i don't think that's a bad thing that everyone wants to be in that group but I feel like there's a way of doing that. And that's what we've got come to now is people are in different groups doing their own thing and they're keeping the community alive. And that's awesome. And I can't like speak highly of all the people we've had who are guests on this show we've had who are literally keeping the community alive, doing either YouTube, creating tournaments, creating cards. It's awesome. And it's kind of like a privilege to have like people on. So it's pretty awesome. Wow. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> so so the next question um, it's your turn to ask Lee and I've had a couple of late questions Whoa. come through as well I so like got, this I've even got some question for Caleb which he won't have been able to prepare for um, oh no so yeah so I'll let Lee read out the next one awesome alright thanks Mike Santino for that question that was really cool and it got really awesome and interesting towards the end I love it right anyway Hunter you, 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 beautiful man, you. <laughs> he said, he's uh, chimed in for a question. He says, how do you feel about larger, more well-defined creator groups making the same characters as you? Do you feel you need to make characters stand out more to have them see play? Or is it a reward enough to have these characters available to you? So, for a long time, I, uh, I, I didn't have a great mindset while, uh, while designing cards because I, I would look... And I would see that, say, for example, the Ark uh, made an Apex armor. And then I'd look and be like, well, I made an Apex armor two days ago. Are they copying me? No, they're not copying me. They're just making a card that had the same idea as me. It, it's it's nothing like that. It's just I, I had a really negative mindset because I, I looked at it all as a competition. And I... I wanted to be, you know, the one that made the better set, even though obviously I had a lot less resources than they did uh, when making theirs. Um, and I, 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 I'm still working on that mindset because I, I still see stuff and I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, 
it's a little disheartening sometimes, but uh, it, yes, it. I do feel like you have to try and one-up them, but I, I, again, I'm working on that mindset because I don't think it's necessarily right. Yeah, and I think as, as like, the, like, because obviously when you made Wave X, you were doing that in a pocket, the same way that the Ark were doing it in a pocket, and, and, and that there was very closed doors, the same with ATP. So, like, at the very early stages of fan creation, there was no communication. There was no, there was no kind of like, okay, we're doing this, what are you guys doing? That's changed now. Like, we're all talking about what we're doing. Um, and I think that's a really positive thing because if someone else is kind of going down the same route as you, like, you can collab with them. You go, okay, yeah. um, you're making, I've got a really cool idea for this character. You've got a really cool idea. Let's see if we can make that into one card. And I think that's something that's really, really cool. And that's certainly with Turbo Revving Old Punks, you know, Matfer um, helps us out with lots of cards while still working with the arc, you know, like he's still got stuff in the pipeline for Wave 2. So I think, you know, um, just communication is, is great and we've got that facility now because we started to know each other as well from the community um, we can just talk about what we're doing and like hey guys I've got this idea and if someone goes oh we're, we might be doing something like that would you like to help us then then that door's open isn't it yep I, I have to agree with Caleb a little bit because it's kind of like I think everyone does have a chip on their shoulder as in like you've created something and then someone else creates something alongside you and you're like, oh man, that's either like, or it's like, oh, mine's better. Like you do have a bit of pride in your work, but like, I think it is kind of challenging to have that mindset of like coming out and thinking out what it is. So like for us at the Turbo Roving Old Punks, I think the first thing we said about our sets is we want it to be fun, want it to be theme. And I, I really want to put in another word, but it isn't really that. And it's like F, F, F everything else in a way, but it isn't because we wanted to do our own thing. But also, if everyone has listened to our show or knows Dave and me personally, we are casual players. Like, we will try and play competitive. And suck. But it's just... <laughs> and suck. And it's not in our DNA, unfortunately. We'll give it a go, but it isn't in our DNA. You just have to have that kind of mindset, I think, to be that competitive about things. But I feel like for us, it's like... If you're going to download our set, we're going to have fun. Like, guaranteed, there's going to be some cards in there you might be like, wow, that's bonkers, I don't understand that. And there might be some cards go like, oh, wow, I don't need, I, that's a character? Oh, my gosh, he was in Wave 2? What? Like, you know, you're kind of, like, taken back by it. But I think, I think the thing is you just got to take everything with a pinch of salt. And I think, I'm trying to remember, was it, um... I'm trying to remember, blank on my name now. One of the ARC members came on one of our shows and said that you just have to take criticism. It was salty. It was salty. Yeah, yeah, salty uh, and others. You can't, uh, you can't stop people had. making cards and you can't stop people making the same same things and having the same ideas. We had it with Phase 1. We had a Captain Impactor stratagem, didn't we? And it was, oh, mate, it was close it was to completion. Good. And then ATP spoiled their Captain Impact. We were like, well, I guess like we're not going to do ours because it was almost the same. It was practically the same. And we made it as a judgment of going like, there's no need for that then. If they've, fit, uh, they've done that, that's cool. We can just scrap it and we move on to something else, which we have. And it was really cool because you, it's just having, like Dave mentioned as well, the communication is key. Like we've said we want to do this, this and this to like the Ark and Bay Formers and stuff. And they're like 100% behind us. 
But then they've also told us, well, we want to do this, this, and this. And we're like, cool, we'll remember that because if we're going to release is that something, something you're doing now, now, Caleb, as well? You're looking at what other people are making as well before you design stuff. So obviously, no, I know Eddie did a couple of um, Shatterglass characters in his reformat set, but are you looking, uh, is that why you chose reformat? Because it's completely different to anything anyone else is doing. Yeah, and, and you'll you'll kind of see that um, with the, like, like we mentioned earlier with the Galactic Odyssey, including the Quintesson spaceship, uh, with that stuff instead of just you know taking what I'd made and making it work with that I made sure it worked with everything because the funniest thing is if you start talking to people surprisingly enough they'll talk back <laughs> and it's funny because because that's the craziest thing I think we've we brought it up like earlier with the tournaments as well you just need to talk and don't be afraid to talk because people actually talk back to you I think that's one of the the, the, the most nicest things that's ever happened is kind of like oh yeah we know what you do but it's not our cup of tea. And I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. I'm glad that you checked out our set and it's not your cup of tea, but you checked it out. Thank you for at least checking it out. Like, And that's like a sincere thank you. It's not like, oh, screw you, buddy. Never mind. It is literally like awesome. So we know what we can improve on possibly to get that kind of demographic. That's awesome. And I think that's one thing you've got to go into creating anything is you are going to take some punches, but you are going to, probably bring up bring out the best in you at the end of the day when you create something because like let's be honest caleb you made a chair work <laughs> i didn't think a chair could work you made a camera work you know that's insane like i i always thought like how on earth can you do the you know the decepticon justice division how on earth can you make reflector work like one of our favorite decepticons between my mate d and me is reflector and we were like how the heck is that gonna work in this game and it works because you made it work and it plays really well because i cannot wait to play it because i've already seen some stupidness <laughs> that i want to try um but i feel i feel like it is you know it is scary to go out there we 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 did it because well we got well we, we did it just came organically in a way didn't it dave and like we've got some great reception uh, from our first set and we know that the bar has been set and we want to keep the bar at the same or elevate it and we just want to do it for fun. Like at the end of the day, our, our stuff is to get old cards on the board. And I feel like a prime example of that would be your Shatterglass Starscream to go back to that from the beginning of the episode where you're bringing back superior cards. When has anyone played with them since Wave 2? Exactly. And we're on, like, it's mad. It is literally mad. I think that's it. It's like, you know, just do it once as long as it's fun. As long as it's fun, mate. Like it's worth doing. Um, when it ceases to be fun, I think that's when you've got to sort of like, oh, actually, I'm not going to do this anymore. But currently, we're having loads of fun. I know, Caleb, you are having loads of fun as well, obviously designing cars and stuff. So that's really cool. So obviously, Adam, we love you. We hate you all rolled into one. Like, you're just, you're a beautiful guy. <laughs> Bit harsh. <laughs> well, you know, let's be honest. No, I'm just jesting. He knows I'm jesting. Uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> there we go. Awkwardness. I love it. I love it. Next question, Dave. Next question. Okay, this is a late <laughs> entry. In fact, you, you can see this one, Lisa. You asked this one. This is from Veril. This is in the Facebook chat. Okay. And I've got the sub secret surprise question for the very end. Awesome call. So uh, Veril, Veril asks, how does it feel being a single creator? 
creating sets as big as groups like the Ark and Bayformers. Yeah, because Wave X was a bit of a beefcake, should we say? A little bit. <laughs> and say it with me! Beefcake! 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 Honestly, I'm really proud. Like, as soon as I was done with Wave X and everything had settled, I was... I, I, I remember sitting in my chair and seeing uh, people's reactions to this stuff and just being really happy because, you know, I'd never done anything quite as big as that. And uh, I literally had to learn Photoshop just so that I could do all this. And I learned it in just like a less than a month so that I could make these cards and uh, spend all this time playtesting and designing them and bouncing ideas off some people. And it, it uh... <laughs> I don't know, it, it's really satisfying in a way. Um, I know that it'll never be as popular as, as like the Ark and the Bayformers cards are, but uh, in a way, I, it just, it's, it's really satisfying, you know? It's something you made, isn't it? I think that's the same with, with us in phase one. Like, like you made that. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a handful of people playing with my cards from phase one, I'm happy. Exactly. Oh yeah. And we we breathe, you're keeping the game going, you're keeping it alive, and you're giving a new spin on, on different things. So, um, and making a set that big on your own, I nearly went mad doing twenty battle cards, sixteen stratagems, and one character, and you made a billion. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's an impressive achievement, man. Oh, that, really that's is. not even counting all the ones that didn't even make the set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we had the same, like, there was cars that were cut that were either going to be reworked for Phase 2 and stuff, or may just never see the light of day because they were dumb. I hope not. I hope one makes it. We, Dave and me have one which was quite controversial, and I, and I think we want to fly the banner for that controversial card. You know the card. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to fly that banner. Yeah. That card was busted, and we were like, it's not a problem. And then we <laughs> we never got it to play, and then obviously we put it in playtesting, and then the people who got it to play was like, um... This needs to be reworded. This is mad. And we're just like, well, it can't be that bad. And then they explained it. And we were like, yeah, okay. Phase two, I guess. <laughs> so I've just posed this question in the, in the chat so, so Kato can see it as well. So this is the last question. And this comes from the best car player in Canada, oh, nice. a.k.a. Susie. Uh, and she says, hey, LV, this is a two-parter. So each day it seems that the T Transformers TCG fan groups are coming closer to uniting with the ARC, Bayformers and Turbo Revving Old Punks now working together to create fan sets to promote community crossplay. Will your future waves follow the similar design rules to the ARC, Bayformers and Turbo Revving Old Punks so your future set could be crossplay friendly with those established? And would you consider reworking some of WaveX in the future so it could be included in the current crossplay? I ask because your WaveX, Elisa, and Nightbeat are awesome. Please make more cars. <laughs> Thanks, the best car player in Canada. Uh, you should, we should ask her if she's played Drift yet, because Drift is pretty wild. Um, but I, I'm going to answer the second one first, actually. But uh, I, I am currently talking with Bill. Um, I think what we want to do is I think around season three of the Bayformers tournaments uh, we're going to work on he calls it harmonization uh, we're going to harmonize WaveX to be uh, playable with the Bayformers cards so and since the Bayformers cards already work with Arc and Turbo Revving it's going to be compatible with pretty much everything that's so that's that, that already is in the works so that's pretty it's pretty awesome 
Uh, and then for the first question, yes, um, I am testing with uh, Bayformers, Ark, and I guess now I probably should start including Turbo Rev and stuff in my, <laughs> in my decks. Um, but yes, I, I am including that stuff now. In WaveX, literally all I tested with was Watsi and my stuff, and I, I really wish I hadn't done that. Uh, but that's all I tested with with WaveX. Um, so there's obviously going to be some issues there, but that's the whole point of the harmonization. But uh, yes, in future waves, I am going to be... I currently am testing with uh, other group stuff as well. And that's that's all you can do, isn't it? Like, when you're looking at, like we said it already, WaveX and WaveX and X in a vacuum that you didn't have access to the other community sets at that time. So you designed it independently. Like, the Arc Wave 1 would have only been tested with of the coast atp only tested with wizards of the coast because no one had access to other stuff and it's only later down the line where we're all kind of settling down and it's great that you are open to do that because you know it's a big thing isn't it saying okay i've made these cards but i'm prepared to change them so they work nicely so we can all play together it's like the toddler's dream <laughs> It's the toddler's dream. <laughs> Let's all oh. play nicely. Don't share. Let's share. Share. Don't throw that at him. No, don't. Nah. Um, I, I live with I toddler, think that's so. going to that's gonna be our new <laughs> phrasing now. It's the toddler's dream that all community groups work together. <laughs> I, th I think it's, honestly, joking aside, I think it's, it's really commendable and that you're prepared to do that because I would love to see WaveX within that, that wider tournament. Um, setting, you know, we're really honoured that Bill is letting us have Phase 1 be played in Encounter 5, which was originally scheduled to be just Bayformer, so I'm excited to have a harmonised Wave X down the line. I think that would be absolutely belter, as we like to say here in England. Yeah, it's ruddy good <laughs> times. Ruddy good times. Ruddy good. Oh. Ruddy, ruddy good. Man, that's awesome. That's so exciting. Oh, it's so good when you finish a podcast on a great note like that. I know, I know. Before we sign off, though, have you got any questions oh. for either Lee or me, sir? All right, here's one. I know y'all have said that you all want to play with uh, some of the stuff. What's the first uh, card that I've made that y'all are going to go work on? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know. I know mine already. Mine, my reflector every single okay. fucking day. Like, that card is stupid. Like, look at your, look at your hand at any time. That's just going to drive people insane i mean i'm up for that let's go let's go i'm in tarn without a doubt tarn you paid for harvey for that artwork i've got to use it um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they are a favorite of mine from the comics so yeah i'll put an order in lee i'll order i'll order as a set don't worry um, thanks bro take my money and that's it man we've 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 reached the end caleb thank you so much for coming on tonight my pleasure and talking about your passion projects. It's honestly, guys, get out there, download the cards. They are really cool. Yeah, man. We've got all the links of it in the description of the video on YouTube and also obviously on the Podbean and stuff like that. So just just find it because we'll also post it in the Turbo Roving Old Punks. And yeah, we'll just post all the links because, dudes, you need to get these sets. Like, I've literally just downloaded them earlier today. And I'm so excited at like looking at them and going like, oh man, we need to print more stuff. This is crazy. 
Or I just draw it on paper and infuriate our whole group. It'll be great. But yeah, Caleb, thank you very much for taking uh, the time out of your day to do this podcast. It's been a long time coming. We would love to have you back in the future to talk about other fun stuff. Even, dare I say it, play games in the future and do some Galactic Odyssey. That would be amazing if we can try and get that working. Oh, that would be awesome. Like If we can get the technology to work, I think that would be amazing to do. Um, yeah, so, um, right, we'll kick it off with Caleb first, and we'll go to Dave, then myself. So, Caleb, obviously you've uh, talked about some things. What is uh, coming down the pipeline, then, uh, for you, whether it be creating or stuff like that, and how can they follow you on the socials and stuff like that? So, my next project is Shattered Glass, more than likely, uh, unless I keep putting it off, in which case it'll probably be the Galactic Odyssey expansion next, but uh, I do plan on finishing Shattered Glass hopefully in the next couple months, but again, no promises. Uh, but you can find me on uh, YouTube. I have my channel that I sometimes post on. Uh, sometimes is the keyword. Uh, I also have uh, a Twitter, which again, I don't really use, but if you want to follow me there, you can. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess you could uh, friend me on Discord, join my Discord server, um, where I, I post spoilers for Shatterglass and stuff on. Awesome source. Uh, Dave, what have you got coming out, bro? Well, we're back. We have got um, some more uh, Phase 1 gameplay. Um, we've got a really cool match dropping on Tuesday. So by the time you finish and edit this, it will already be out. But it is the Omnibots. Who are they? Oh, they were rubbish, but we made yeah. them good. We've got, the, we've got Omnibots versus um, some planes coming up. We've got tournament tuesdays are back and we have got a certain person's skybite deck versus <laughs> king naga's um optimus prime's little secret which is a phenomenal match um other stuff coming up just more of the same i've been playing a game called dice throne um guys blues on attack have just started to cover this game on their channel i put them onto it check out dice throne if you like dice and cards and stuff and a game that looks like overwatch play it it's so good um that's it really hopefully seeing you in a few weeks when you come down to see your mum yeah. um going to i'm going to an x-wing tournament with real people that's what i'm doing what? i'm going to real a real people? real real well but boris said it's over so i'm going to go and play a uh uh real life x-wing tournament um so that i've got all that coming up in the next couple of weeks what about you, sir? What about you, mate? I've had a hectic time. I just dropped the um the four the third yeah third mission. I'm editing the fourth currently. Um, uh, <laughs> the third mission of my Imperial Assault campaign. That game is so much fun. Like guys, you should go out and play Star Wars Imperial Assault. It's way too expensive at the moment because it's kind of peaking all of a sudden. But yeah, we're doing that. That's super cool. Um, we're still playing Transformers. We're still playtesting stuff. Uh, we obviously dropped we're doing a Halloween set, guys. That's coming out very soon. We're on the last couple of characters trying to iron out the, the should we say, the creases of some characters and stuff. But you guys will absolutely love that because I think a fair few of us in the, uh, the old punks love Halloween a lot. So we wanted to do something special for Halloween. Um, yeah, there's just so much stuff coming out. Obviously, we've got this podcast making its glorious return. You know things are going strength to strength it's great absolutely love it so there's there's some fun stuff down the pipeline like uh dare i say another rpg podcast possibly in the works between a certain second best player in canada t with some other people and transformers just saying is all maybe guys just saying that that possible rpg maybe 
We're talking. We're talking. There's a lot of stuff going on, but we're talking. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. You guys know um, we're always, even though it looks like we might not be uploading videos and doing stuff, we are working our butts off, <laughs> like literally, either playtesting, talking to people, or trying to find family or friend time. Isn't that right, Dave? <laughs> oh, 100%, man. And I think, like, you know, with summer and, and everything, it's nice to have a bit of a, a respite from it because it's been an intense year for for us like as a podcast as individual content creators and personally with with the pandemic and stuff it's been hard so we all needed a little bit of time out and i i'm glad we did because we i think we're gonna bounce back brighter um we're collaborating more with other people there's online events happening um, and there is some cool stuff. Halloween is coming, but there is even more in the pipeline. We have got some banging stuff. Yeah, some ruddy good cards. Fan favorite stuff, some ruddy good stuff. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to share some of that with Caleb after we finish, because oh, I'm going to yeah. tell him about some of the stuff. Oh, 100%. Um, so I think that's, that's it. So I'm going to let you do the, the closing spiel, but it is a goodbye from me, Dave. And it's a goodbye from me, Lee. And it's a goodbye from me, Caleb. There we go. So, guys, you know what to do. Leave a like on this episode. Comment below. Tell us your thoughts on all of Caleb's designs, all the cards. Go download it. Links are in the description. And until next time, guys, take care. Have a good one. And, yes, still keep playing Transformers at TCG because it's definitely not dead. It's more alive than ever. One shall stand. One shall fall.